Hello, welcome to episode 77 of Plat Chat Valorant. It's Drama Tuesday. <laughs> drama Wednesday. I, we're recording on a Tuesday, but it's coming out on a Wednesday, I think. So listen, it's Drama Week. It has just been exhausting. Exhausting I mean, or exhilarating? <laughs> exhilarating. <laughs> I never felt more alive in my 26 years than reading Twitter all Scouring day. Ooh, the timeline. Ooh, clapped back. What do you say? <laughs> I'm fucking so stupid. Also, we're just cramped in here because Josh put on 10 pounds in the UK. This dude is yeah, looking he's so absolutely wide. He's elbow checking. If you I got, got my tea here, if John. You thought this guy had a dumpster of an ass before you should look at him now it's outlandish and there's just no space at the table anymore yeah, yeah. i'm sorry i'm sorry listen it's been it's been a nice time i had some time away every time i was recording the podcast you know i was just drinking a little bit having, <laughs> having a bit of a snack you know i'm, I'm one in the dining i'm on holiday and now i'm back and it's business time yeah. and i'm gonna make everybody play basketball with me every day for like five hours and that way we'll eventually get into form where we can beat Barla next time we go and play against him uh... that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe not maybe not um, there was a video, I mean, if you can remember back to the beginning of the week, if your brain has not been corrupted, turned into Swiss cheese by all of the drama that was happening on Twitter, there was actually a really cool video by the developers that got released, this Valorant roadmap of kind of what, what mm. they wanted to be doing over the course of the next um, act, mm. episode. What the, f the hell well, is the difference, Brent? Three acts in an episode. Three acts in an episode. So and they were usually... talking about the next act. Uh, in it, I think, yeah, but also general 2020 stuff, right? Well, 2022, yeah, because yeah, otherwise they'd have to be... Oh I mean, otherwise it'd be I a video I don't know why I keep past. saying 2020. Oh. The internet's are freaking out right now with the... Ad. Where's the intermission? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> this, this was an interesting video, though, because they detailed that they have no plans for a new map or a new agent for immediately. For the, for Yeah, for the very beginning of uh, the year. And instead... They're going to be focusing on what they called setting the foundations right. Getting the agent balance in a good position, the map balance, that kind of stuff. They're still going to be putting skins out there, so, I mean, you'll be oh, happy. thank God. <laughs> That's all. Uh, next topic. That's all I need to hear about from the dev diaries. <laughs> no, this was, uh, this was much needed, though, because what they were saying Act 2 was just going to be containing was... they basically It was like a warning to the community in the nicest way, which was like... Please don't expect any agents or maps because we need to do maintenance on our game. Mm -hmm. Like when you do games as a live service where you're just constantly pumping out content updates, content updates, you, you, need, to con you need to essentially slot away some time where you can do quality of life changes, bug fixing. Um, and in this case, they said general like agent balance, I think was going to be the focus for act two. So all the complaints that people have been having about, oh, I'm only seeing Astro being played. Where's Phoenix? Where's your... I mean, it's gonna, probably going to be an act two, right? Where, where we see all of those changes happen. Especially the Yoru rework. They've already talked about that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, potentially some map changes. We'll talk about that in a little bit too. They also announced that Clash or a system like it is going to be in the game for 2022. They said it's on the horizon for this year. That excites the shit out of me. I know yes. you've been talking about it every time we bring it up, Barlow, as well. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited. I, I wasn't expecting it probably this year, to be honest. I know that Evermore has been teasing it every once in a while, and they've been teasing it. But last time we saw it, it was a little just like a, they just showed like pictures of, of a bracket. Now it's going to be in. And I think they kind of hinted at that in the esports update at the beginning of the year as well, where it was like, we're going to have ways for you to 
qualify for the pro circuit within the game. Uh, but this just confirms it. I'm super hyped. Yeah, it's going to be dope. I mean, Clash as well. There's a lot of people who don't know what Clash is. Yeah, go it's on and explain It's an in-game it. tournament system, basically. League of Legends has it where over the course of weekends, you can sign up with a team, a dedicated team. I don't know what mechanisms they have in place in League to stop smurfing and things, because as far as I know, people still do it. But in League, they separate it. They have like tiers of within the tournament system in-game. They call it Clash, and you can compete at the very lowest tier, and then you go up based on, I don't know. Uh, maybe record as your team. I, I'm not too well versed in in. I I think in Clash is actually like basically your rank determines your rank. Tier yeah. You're in. Okay. So there's not much protection, and that's why it's kind of starting to become a failed system uh, because there's a lot of smurfing going on in in Clash. So I hope that there's a little bit more to it than Clash because I think Clash is just kind of like a thing that they added to League. It's great, don't get don't get me wrong. It, it gives people an opportunity to play organized play and that is my first priority with this, but I want them to really develop it so that it's a system that they can do anything with, you know? Like cash game or cash tournaments, um, give give bronze players an opportunity to play in, a, in an organized structure as well. I, everything is an opportunity there. Why you hear that? Why are you like this? <laughs> Bala wants something for you as well. Why are you like this? <laughs> yeah, dude, I think it'd be dope. I think even the the thing with Clash Two and the smurfing issue is that it's probably much more apparent after the after the system's been out for a long time. When the system's new mm -hmm. and fresh, people are gonna want to try it as intended. They're not gonna very cynically immediately go hey, let's troll the gold players instantly upon release. It takes... Well, you think that'll be the first impulse of people in, like, Diamond, Immortal? Not to do it themselves. Josh. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Well, those people are sick. Those people are <laughs> sick and disgusting. And I don't know any of them, okay? Because I only affiliate myself with lovely, wholesome individuals like yourself. Yeah, which is why we'll be playing in the... In, in, in the gold in rank. The gold rank. <laughs> <laughs> where we belong. Actually, in the platinum rank. Yeah. Precisely where we belong. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people have been telling me for years that I'm just a boosted scrub, so maybe I should go down and roll some bronze games, teach them. <laughs> no, don't do that. Don't do that if you're thinking about it. <laughs> Pretty cool, though. It's a, a yeah. decent idea. And one of the things that they were talking about was map redesigns. And it's also something that <clears throat> Angel tweeted about recently, too. So I want to talk about some of the stuff that specifically around Icebox that people are talking about currently because there have been some changes in the game that have been found via data mining and we've been talking about it. I mean, I have been beating this drum for so long, I can't even remember when it began, but just the idea of reworking Icebox if an eighth map is added, taking one out, reworking it, that kind of thing. It just seems to make sense to me. And this is what Angel tweeted about as well, where he's talking about the eighth map. But he didn't know at the time about these data mining changes that were tweeted by somebody also, called Floxay. Eighth map will be released soon. Well, well I don't think so. Soon I on a cosmic scale, Bren. Yeah. Truly within the year. Yes, I mean, yeah, it'll certainly it be. be released within the year. They said they said the next thing to be released will be an agent. After this, like, dry right. period, it'll be an agent, and then <clears throat> presumably a map after that. Right. But, uh, yeah, Angel's just thinking about the future here, but if we bring up the tweet by Floxay, um, he, he found some, or they found some, data mined changes, and I want to get your thoughts on it, because the last time we saw Icebox changes, it was basically just, here's a box. A box. Here's a yeah. box. And this... More okay, boxes. this is a box. Also this a is a box. box. Okay. Also a box. <laughs> but There's lots of little. Talk changes. to me about this box. I mean, this. I mean, this is yellow on B, right? 
yeah. with this being changed here. So it's the, the container that people hide behind. They're making it more, I guess, rather than having the shallow angle where you can swing out as the attack side and you'll be able to see somebody holding back yellow, it makes it have harder angles, I suppose, including this box that juts out there, which means that people can also hold on the bottom side. You know what I mean? And you're not going to be able to be spotted. It just means it's, it's a bit harder, I suppose, to clear in a sense. Or because previously, if you're holding back yellow as a defender and they hard swing you out and you don't have help from B sides, like back B side or somebody yep. rotates, you're just screwed. You're always going to die. Sorry, just to align myself, uh, uh, orient myself properly here. Yeah. We're, we're looking with Snowman. We're looking with north towards Snowman. Up is towards Snowman, right? Mm, no. No. The opposite. No? Yes. The opposite. It's no, the, this is the opposite. <laughs> no, no, no. Because Wait, so it, the bottom is. side is towards snowman. How no, do you no, know? The north side is towards snowman. How do you know? Because Wait, the no. way, it's a because 45 the degree thing. Crate, yeah, we don't know. How do you the, know which way no, it's aligned? Because the way that the yellow crate is is um, aligned, and you could see it from another position as well, because they there's another picture here that shows. Um, I don't know if that's the that one. one? But basically, I, it's angled in the way that yellow is and you can orient yourself you based play, on how yeah. yellow is oriented. You play GeoGuessr? Because <laughs> <laughs> I do. And Should I'm, I? Yeah, I, I mean, if you're able to determine yeah, the, Bob's the getting 5, points. longitude latitude or from the direction of the box, then All yeah. right, so, but, but if, if we're assuming Bala's correct here, I'm willing to give he Bala... Is bottom bottom is Snowman. So, where Snowman yes. goes. So, so bottom kind of, is the, where the yeah, sight goes. Think about... How the no. fucking box looks when you're in the game and you're, and you're <laughs> looking at it from but, but, but it's it could be either angle. It's a 45 degree angle. It could be either way, no? It, okay. So where's, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> all right. It's very understandable that me and Bren would have this opinion. Apparently we're wrong. Let's just move on. Yeah. So bottom left would be the bomb site <laughs> as well, right? The spike site would be at the bottom left. Mm -hmm. So that means oh that tiny God. little jutting out piece. You'd be able to play okay, off yeah. with a teammate and kind of double swing together whilst, you know, keeping somebody... It would almost feel like um, like graffiti on Haven, this this one-and-done position, but your teammates can play swings off you as, they, as you kind of hold against the retake. Is that how you're thinking about it? I'm uh, just thinking about it being harder to play around as someone uh, <clears throat> trying to hold off of the retake. Like, it'll be a tougher position to play from, I think, post-plant. Well, when the site I think is I agree with that. Mm. We've we got to consider Which the other changes. Which is what I think they're trying to establish with this, because, I mean, actual just resident sleeper, wall up, plant B, four people behind yellow, because it's just a huge wall that you can stand behind and swing from two angles, sure. a lot of safety. Um, the, the angles are not as safe in, in this to hide behind from. It's a lot harder to stack like three players on that position like you just your whole team would just be behind you yeah, that's a good point that's that's what the change is intended to fix i think and i think that's what it's well there are some other changes doing. as well because also that relies on there being a different post plant position that you can play from right part of the reason that people play post plants from yellow is also because the site sucks for playing yeah. post plant positions so if you look at floxy's twitter i didn't actually give you the link but just the the twitter in general They've posted some other pictures, one of which it took me a while to decipher, but I think it's... Oh, there's a oh, video, video as well, sure. They're going hammer to content. Oh, yeah. Really? About, um, this oh, there we go. So okay. Well, let's just have a look at this. Is this guy designing the map? Like, <laughs> 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 They've put it back to a big box at back A then yeah. as well. And yeah, you can see the garage changes. 
Mm. They've okay, got rid of so the door and they've opened this. They've opened it up here. So the the new change is there's going to be apparently uh, you can't see it because they. I, um, this is like a work in progress that they've data mined, presumably. Yeah. But you can yeah. see where they toggled it there. Yeah. This is how B main is right. going to be working. Where right. there's, there's a way going in. Uh, I like that. I thought that about the way like this trained. worked when I saw it, and you know how sometimes you'll on Icebox basically you'll, you'll see two players pushed up in angles, mm-hmm. really close up on the defender side, and they're able to basically just contain both of those areas yeah. at once. This stops it so that they could contact in theoretically through. The other side, and it's not possible to um, for two people to just lock down the entirety Let's of the stop, game. Stop being smug. We already told you we believed you. It was just no. I'm gonna be smug. I, I, I'm absolutely nope. I'm being smug. <laughs> they're the, they're Can't pulling the wall. America wins again. They're pulling the whole wall forwards as well. Oh, that entire so thing is moving space as well. Interesting. This is such a good video. Yeah. This is incredibly good. It's almost like you're getting to walk around the map. But I mean, why are we looking at this though? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, because they're showing for Yeti. Ah. Only Yeti. Yeah, this is what the observers, I mean, the observers yeah. do that shot every <laughs> They're going to have to time. learn new lineups for the ladder. Oh, it's a ramp. It's a ramp? Mm. Uh, okay. Smooth edges. I love smooth edges that you can walk up without having to jump. Let's yeah. go. Uh, they're putting yeah. a red post office at the back of Snow. Just a solid box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll be solid. I think that's just... Are you sure? Uh, why would they make a big... I mean, maybe, but... Yeah, I mean, Wait, maybe, if, maybe. Okay, I don't know. if this is the case, and I'm having, I'm assuming that the site is really, really going to be extended or changed. Because so why the hell this. is there going to be anything there? This is yeah. So there's a big kind of cutout it's into a, the B it's a, site, like a bus stop. Yeah, it kind of does look like a bus stop, which it, it looks like it doesn't have the ability to walk through the bottom anymore. Um, which I think that definitely That's makes great. it easier to play postpone positions from there. Well, it's also it gives it makes it easier to take. You could actually pop flash this angle now and not have to swing all the way around to clear the entire thing. You could yeah. take this and be fine just holding that, or you could you could go further farther if you want. But you don't have to go the extra mile to clear this extra space to hold on to that part of the site. You know. Yeah, and it also makes it much more difficult for the defenders to just timing you and you know get rid of all of your utility mm-hmm. and dodge your flashes Play and all of that around stuff. Around the rosy, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, the new box. New box just dropped. Whoa. <laughs> boxes? Oh, yeah. The kitchen bar, apparently, the angle has changed by about 10 degrees. So that's a pretty big difference, right? Mm. What does that? That must have no, I think something. it does make a difference. I don't know what difference yeah. it makes, though. Because you can't tuck as deep. If, mm. if, because before yeah. you're able to tuck really, really deeply, so you can't clear it very fast. If you're now coming through from kitchen yeah. or any other places, you can, you can swing that and not have to worry about multiple things at the same time you could clear that very fast sure sure i don't know what we're quite looking at here There's maybe ramp, the, the boiler ramp. Mid. yeah but how has it changed that looks the same to me normally it's a... smaller and there's the the box and the barrel there so there's a different made... angle yeah, the I mean, walls it oh it's tighter yeah. it's a lot smaller actually and the screens is a lot smaller too oh, oh, they've oh, they've cut cut that they angle that little angle, angle. Just let's depends. go that's elite yeah. hey, that angle sucks the angle from top 410 where you can just see people's feet as they come yeah. to retake mm-hmm. at bottom that boiler. so that annoying. That sucks. Nice. Hey, Yo, Bala. it's Bala. You made a video yeah, about Icebox recently as well, Bala. Can you give us the TLDR? Do you think these changes are desperately needed? Yes, absolutely. There is no... <laughs> no creativity on that map. I mean, I watched so many damn Icebox mods to make that video. 
and there's just like every single cool thing is failing every single one any mid split any like cool new plant spot like it works once and then it never works again because everybody knows how 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 it plays so desperately needed Mm. hallelujah i'm just so glad that they've listened and changed and and, uh, actively working on changes Oh yeah, You're it was welcome. you. Yeah, yeah. They saw your video from three hours ago and decided to yeah. make all of those changes. <laughs> You're welcome. What can I say? Okay. Deep breath, everybody. Was there anything else in the? Uh, <laughs> no, no, fuck. Whatever. Continue. Finally. Take it, everyone. I want everyone to take a deep all breath. The bored viewers can finally get excited. You know, this is probably what David Denis is asking his team to do. <laughs> All right, let's get into the fucking drama. Drama <laughs> Tuesday. It's Drama Wednesday, drama everybody. Wednesday. All right, I wanted to start with the drama aspect of it because it was just so fucking funny. And I you think through my ranked game because you kept looking at Twitter. Yeah, I did. During I the did. Game. Oh, the funniest shit was that clip on your stream where there was a TSM fan in your <laughs> lobby who was really mad that they just <laughs> lost. That. What sent me? That was so funny. We, it was when it's, they got knocked out of the upper a high clip on Josh's channel. It, I think it's called clips. like funniest clip of the week when it's it's not the funniest clip of the week, but it was pretty funny. <laughs> but <laughs> funniest someone titled it that, and it's week. like you can't title clips that just as a tangent. If yeah. you title a clip that, or if you introduce someone as Yo, this is the funniest guy I've ever what's met, going on? immediately people are like, ah, is he? <laughs> is it the funniest <laughs> clip I've ever seen? Ah. It just sets you up for failure. Is that what it's called? Some telling me you don't believe in. Uh... Yeah. There you go. There you go. It was immediately after T. And when I say immediately, it was within thirty seconds of yeah. the match ending of TSM getting knocked out of the upper bracket of the tournament. Yeah. And this happened. TSM locks shitters. Oh my god. That was a lot. What's up, guys? How are you guys doing? What's up? What's up? You a TSM fan? I'm having an awful night, bro. I'm having a fucking tragic night. There's no way you're actually a TSM fan and you're that happy about them losing. Uh, I mean, like, I'm not a TSM fan, but I'm tired of them fucking losing. (laughs) They just always fucking lose. They never win. (laughs) Let's talk about those pistol rounds. This is just a Hiko waiting room. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was our experience. I think yeah. that's I think that sums up the. It's like a mixture of Schadenfreude and, uh. and sadomasochism that just infects everybody when it comes to TSM. If you're a fan, you enjoy the molding. You wish they Fans were good. Are so mad. If you're a hater, of which there are so many, I'd never use the word hater, but they exist. People love yeah. love watching TSM fail. Anyway. Hey. <laughs> Ball <of> just <laughs> <laughs> So I want to I want to walk Kurt through it because Kurt's been working on other stuff and Kurt didn't yeah. even really follow this chronologically. So if you've been living under a rock like Kurt, this is what happened. So <laughs> I wanted to start <laughs> I wanted to start with the Sabrosa tweet. So this is what kicked it all off, right? We this is after the first map 
that TSM plays against T1. And, I mean, he's quote-tweeting Levi being mad about a ping problem before the game yeah. even begins. Yeah, and mm -hmm. to, to be... A little extra context as well. This was after they had gotten knocked out of the upper bracket by yep. Pittsburgh Knights. Yep. Team people don't really know about or don't respect, you know what I mean? So fans already are upset. We're losing to the Knights. We're losing to Pittsburgh Knights. Uh -huh. And they're down in the lower bracket. We just got Corey and Rossi and we're losing to the Knights. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Wasn't and this then, during the match? No. Well, this was during the match against T1. Yeah, this was during the match was their lower bracket match. So tweeting during the match. Oh, well, no. Tweeting between map one and map two. Okay. Right? Okay. And he tweeted... A pretty serious allegation. He tweeted, I'm playing against a team that has their coach typing and probably talking to the mid-game GG 6v5. And so this explodes. Sabrosa tweets, it's okay, guys. They got a warning as a follow-up. This is still before we get into the next map. It's like, to start with, I just want to hear what you guys think about the NA desire to tweet every problem instead of talking to an admin and solving it via back channels. It, it, is it a good thing that it gets the admins to actually do shit? Or is it just absurd? I think every NA player, as soon as you enter VCT, you have to get a microchip implanted into your brain <laughs> that transmits your every thought to twitter.com. <laughs> Just an open feed. Just an open feed where it, it, every thought just gets publicized to the, to the mass. Now, I, this is definitely it's an so NA bad. problem. I mean, there's other players that do it in other regions, but I don't, I don't think it's particularly healthy or helpful generally. It can be helpful, actually. I take that back. It can be helpful in terms of getting shit solved quickly. Right. Because you're essentially leveraging your clout on the internet. Got it solved. You're leveraging your <laughs> but that's my question, really, Wyatt. Is that did get it solved though? Is it a symptom of bad administration where the players feel yeah. like they have to tweet about it, or is it pure clout thinking where you go public first and talk to admins second? What's your feeling there in terms of? I mean, like, which comes first, the the chicken or the egg in that an, scenario? Hundred percent. That's a, it's a hundred percent a symptom, in my opinion, of uh, the administration being poor. Well, not necessarily that it that the administration itself is poor, but that the communication between like this should never happen. That, that he's fucking putting on an Instagram. Instagram story. I love how story. not one Instagram fucking person. Story. This image is getting shared constantly. Someone <laughs> rotate it. Can we Someone. rotate it? Can we, can we rotate <laughs> I, I it? I it getting shared, and I'm just looking at the sideways lol lol lol, and just fucking rotate it. Someone. <laughs> Thank you, I Kurt. just realized while I'm reading, I'm, like, hey, like, I've seen that image forty times in the past week. Yeah, and everyone yeah, just keeps sharing the same one. Because it's funny as hell. Well, how it <laughs> Amazing rotation skills. Thank you, Kurt. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. So but, it's but, not but, just he, Twitter. He went to Insta. An, an, ad, an admin photo of what he's typing in a pri private Discord where they're actually administering and probably trying to communicate this is actually in game um yeah but you can't be doing that because well, then you start you start flames everywhere like everybody's gonna start yelling and obviously they like if something like this this message for example right is investigating that should be enough that should be enough to just shut up done hands off let's play the game focus you know uh, bala do you think so you think though that it's a symptom to me the first tweet feels like it could be a symptom this Instagram story 
feels like clout because you, yes. you you putting this on Insta doesn't help the move the investigation along. It doesn't apply public pressure. It literally mm -hmm. is just telling your fans, ha-ha, I was right. That's all that does, right? Yep, ex exactly. And the reason why I think it's, it's a symptom in the, the prior case is just because it happens all the time and we're still not getting adequate re resolutions of some of these situations. Right? Okay. Some of the stuff yeah. that people have tweeted, we just have no follow-up. We, we don't go into a drama Wednesday at all. We don't have any of that information because <laughs> it just blows in the wind and nothing happens, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, that that's how I kind of feel like I know that it's a symptom of not non well and everything we saw at champions. It uh, <laughs> it may have gone a step too far in the T1 TSM situation though because Wardell also got on stream and just started saying that T1 were using VPNs to increase their ping and all sorts as well. Which listen, I can understand if if a team's been involved in cheating and you feel like they absolutely were uh, cheating against you, you might suspect at that point that they cheat in a variety of ways and get a bit paranoid about it but again this is another instance of Waddell going on a stream and kind of hyping people up about another problem that the nsg guys shut down very fast yeah the clip is just him saying is it Waddell saying that they used vpns to force favorable servers yes um and then it it later came out it, that it, it was it's just that essentially. it's just that but it later came out that from Nerd Street Gamers, I think, where they said that that wasn't the case. Um, they said a T1 yeah, yeah, player was using exit lag, which is a really, yeah. really common... I mean, players use VPNs all the time in order to decrease their uh, ping via um, increasing the... or, like, more effectively routing. It, it changes your routing to make your ping better. And that's allowed. That's perfectly fine. That's all above board. And the, the lobbies don't um, show the proper ping. And so TSM were getting paranoid and pissed off and just assuming that the t1 guys were cheating in this aspect as well where the nsg people said nope okay but, and tried to shut it down early yeah yeah and and if you know anything about how riot admins will be able to see the situation you will know that they'll be able to check their ips and whatever with a different VP. like they, they would know immediately that something was amiss you know so he's speculating something that they could easily check rather than actually getting convinced by an admin or something else, or actually talking to an admin, that that's not a possibility. So then Waldell went back to Twitter and just posted a, uh, a banger. So I don't, <laughs> if you got that one, Kurt, the, yeah, the, uh, the, the absolute banger tweet, because this ended up just being, <laughs> just being shit slung back and forth. Holy fuck. <laughs> so, so, I could not... I could not believe it, man. I don't know. Just no, just fuck me, man. Just <laughs> throwing shit across from each other. <laughs> oh my god. Well, this is this is just funny. I mean, yeah, I this don't is have a funny. It's just it, funny, right? I think this is fucking great. It's just fucking funny. And then also you've got the other team. I mean, at this point it just evolved into what felt like a clout war while the investigation was going on. <laughs> And by the way, the investigation, they, they paused the second map yeah. at 8-4 halftime. So T1 lost the first map. Uh, sorry, TSM lost the first map. T1 at 8-4 down. I think it was split, the second map. Yes. Oh, Icebox, or, yeah, sorry. The second was they Icebox, lost split, 8-4 yeah. down on Icebox. Game pauses, tech <clears throat> pause, and then clout war commences for the hearts of the people. God, I remember it felt like a propaganda I was, campaign. I remember also, I was watching your stream during this game, and I remember when the tech pause happened, you you just said like, 
you know, I have a feeling this isn't just for like a mouse. Gonna just, <laughs> I feel like this yeah. might take a while. You want to play ranked? Yep. And you're right. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. You're correct. <laughs> of course it was. So the, the point of this being, it's a clout war if the other side fires back. And the other side did fire back. <laughs> Steel posted a response where he basically just said, L plus you lost the first map, plus we should have won the match, basically. That's- plus out off by a 50 year old I mean just <laughs> no. 23 what? just 23 and 14 on chamber what was the initial uh, tweet because that's a response to another tweet the, the original tweet was a yawning emoji oh okay oh, he tweeted okay. when they got disqualified he tweeted yawning emoji we won the first map 13-7 which is an incredible thing to tweet when your coach has cheated <laughs> find that to just be yeah. an insane thing to tweet? It is insane, right? Haha, yeah. we cheated and won the first map. What? Yeah, that is weird. I feel like I'm in a fictional universe with NA Valorant. It feels like I've been dropped into bizarro land. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> the power put, of propaganda. When you put it that way, and you acknowledge the fact that they were breaking the rules of the tournament, yeah, it doesn't really make the 13-7 feel as... Uh, valid when yeah, you do it <laughs> through rule breaking. And from Steele's POV, I'm sure he thought, well, David yeah. Denise's comments didn't actually didn't, change the match. Yeah, We still beat you guys fair and square. But the fact is, David Denise was cheating! And so you can't brag about the map where you won via cheating. It's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Anyway, at this point, at this point... <laughs> at this- that list is just miles long. This is so good. At this point, Aaron put out a tweet. So, or, oh, sorry, or, pull oh, up the Aaron tweet first, would you? Because yeah. Aaron tweet, Ex- <laughs> Exet have just qualified at this point. Yeah. Exet boys, you know, they like to celebrate. <laughs> they enjoy. Couple bevies. <laughs> Couple bevies. <laughs> I haven't seen this tweet. Oh, I haven't seen this. Couple beverages. Yeah. I saw this and I knew what was about to happen next. <laughs> okay, so Aaron tweets this and it's it's Aaron, it's Def, and it's Psycho, the manager, the coach, out with the team. And he says a little celebration with the lads. Yep. You know, they're all having a fun time. And Def's got his phone in his hands. <laughs> Prepping, doing, prepping to fucking wade himself into the clout war. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, what does he tweet? Just uh, annihilation. I mean, he didn't even really wade himself in. He just came in, kind of sprinkled a little <laughs> fucking hot sauce into Dude, the mix I mean, and he, just left. He, he didn't just double down, though. He tripled down. Oh, yeah. This was this was three tweets. There was three I mean, they tweets. were just, yeah, he just, just posted, posted, posted. See ya. Yeah, but also for, for clarity, we're not we're not quite doing this chronologically because Def tweeted, Def posted this stuff before the. Um, it was right after the first thing that we before they got disqualified. Actually. Yeah, yeah, this is the second thing that happened. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Sabrosa tweeted, and Def was like, "The fuck are you doing tweeting in the middle of a game? What on earth are you up to?" Um, because I think his point of view is that. Even if there is some kind of rule breaking happening for your opponents, you've got to keep your head in the match. Yeah. Which I think is a pretty reasonable take. Yeah. Keep your eyes on the game, not on your Twitter follower number going up. Yeah. Essentially. 
Yeah, that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, you, if your your priorities need to be straight, even if there is shit going on, leave it until after the match. Um, but I mean, has there ever been a more brutal indictment of TSM as an organization than just stream? Oh man? my god! I get it. You don't want it enough. Oh my god! Ooh, that is. Ooh. That is fucking. Oh, because because you know that if that's if there's anything at the back of. Whoever this is directed at, it's a browser. Whoever, listen, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to name any. It's directed at Sabrosa. I'm just not going to name any names. It's a little subtweet. Could be anyone. <laughs> Could be anyone. It's a subtweet. Could be anyone. <laughs> but you know, if they're reading that, and there's some, and there's even a slice, an element of truth at the back of their head, they're fucking punching the air. <laughs> they're mad. You watch too much anime, man. Who they're actually punches the air? <laughs> They're punching the air. Okay. No one punches the air. They're mad. And then uh, there was the, the third you, tweet, which he responded so to. I just wait, tweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. It's a response to the initial tweet. Do you think... Bala, what's your read? You're the psychologist of the pro players. What? What's? Do you think there is an element of truth to that in terms of the... Of you know, the, the stream the, thing? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, what? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Def is coming from a perspective, like you already mentioned, where what he would do is shut the fuck up. Wait till there's an investigation, or wait till the investigation concludes, and just stay focused on, on the game. That's, that's his MO. That's the type of person he is. So for him to go off like that, I don't. I mean, he didn't have to go crazy. Which but... I know Exit have done. I know that's how they yeah. actually operate, too. Mm -hmm. is exactly. It, uh, is it strictly better, <clears throat> or is it a, a personality thing? You know what I mean? Like, is it is it the right better. thing to do? Is it literally just the correct decision to shut the fuck yes. up and do it via back channels? Or is it like some people thrive off the drama and still continue to be an excellent player, etc., etc.? I mean, listen, they got dude, the change that they dude, wanted to happen done, but it doesn't mean they're everyone... Literally, they're the driving... They, they didn't do anything wrong, you know? Like, they're, yeah. they're literally sitting there and saying, okay, hey, these guys might have fucked up. Okay, cool, we started an investigation. If it works, cool, we win the series. If it doesn't work, then we still have to play. Like, you know, so like there's no downside. Maybe if you're on T1 side, there's fighting back as an aspect, but no, if you're TSM side, you just shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> okay, so from T1 side, let's move on to our next topic. We've covered the Twitter drama. Oh, God. The actual statement. Aww. Oh, God. You want more Twitter drama? There's no more tweets. There was, well, there was the I mean, people, people were the deaf tweet. No, we didn't see the third one, did we? Oh, go on, then throw uh, the third one. It, it, was a response third one. one. it was a response to his initial tweet. <laughs> I don't think it was... Where yeah. was it? So the, the initial one where he was, su where he was subtweeting... Yeah, click on that one. Yeah. I mean, it was a third there. response to his own oh, tweet. Oh, there, there it is. A little bit further down. Further down. Remember, it's 2022, it. and it's cool to not care. No, I'm glad we stayed on this topic for a little while. Okay, all right. Well, <laughs> no, thanks for that. <laughs> The people like the drama. They do like I'm the trying drama. To, I'm trying to, I'm going Connor, for crumbs. Connor specifically, Dude. because he wasn't on this episode, said, please mention the TSM memes of calling them like team social media. And, <laughs> and I can't remember the others. Te team, uh, team sewers mid or something. Team I can't remember. I, I can't fucking remember the other ones, but people were. doesn't make sense. People were memeing on TSM more than they were memeing on T1, which is just shows you how much t people love to, love to, Pile on to TSM. Dude, I'm telling you, we, TSM are going to save any show the round. Show the what, sorry? The round. The, the, the round. round. Do you know that round. that's the round? I'm, I'm pretty confident it's the round. I, I mean, 
the, the funniest part about all this, by the way, is I didn't watch live, so I'm watching afterwards, and I realized, with all the context of all the tweets, because I saw that live, of course, um, is that there's a, a game that has no casters, there's nothing at all, just the watch parties, so there's no context being so, set on the official broadcast or anything, and everybody's just watching them shoot each other with no sound, basically, on top of it. It is, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Kurt, it's in the clip thread, and it's way up. What's it, what's it labeled? Pretty sure this is the help sewers round, I say. I can link it again. Okay. How have you deduced this? Because you could hear the, the sound of somebody typing in chat, and there's no other typing in chat that entire time. So what do you, mean? It, you heard like the little. You the could little hear it after all this situation happens. Yeah. You could hear a little click. Basically, oh I'm pretty word. sure. Audio diagnostics. So they walk into A here, and then Pony, Pony is deciding to whether to come with them. And then he's rotating all the way back through spawn with 25 seconds left. And basically, right about now, watch seven, the rays, right on A main. There's a click right now that says, I'm guessing that's when he types help sewers. And you see him turn around and start to walk back. It's for him to cross in that oh. situation. Mm. Mm. And then there's another click, and that's the one that's getting YouTube clickbaited. If you like type in, what's the round that got disqualified? That's the one. It happens like later on. And I'm assuming that's TSM responding, being like, what the fuck? You know? Mm. <laughs> but mm, I'm pretty mm, sure that's mm. the round. Yeah. So. To add some clarity, though, to what even happened, because we're, we're walking you through... Oh, fucking Albala's dead again. If we... Um, <clears throat> we were... When we were watching live, we were very much in the dark. It was a bit of a mystery as to what was occurring, because yep. the players were saying... You know, the TSM players were saying they were talking to... The T1 coach was talking to somebody. We didn't know which coach. We didn't know what was said. There was this rumor that it was help sewers. There was... Um, the, we didn't understand how the TSM players would have even known. We thought, okay, it must have been in all chat. How has that even happened? There is something just funny about this all also just from being help sewers. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> not even that helpful. In all chat as well. Just in all in all chat help just, sewers. Just uh, didn't. Hey man. Y'all have all been there where you type some common team I chat. I, I type, in, I type in shit so in team chat fun. all the time. It's, it's just... <laughs> I don't know. You just expect it to be like, you know, execute plan 4C. And it's just <laughs> fucking, it's just help sewers. I think this shines a light into how fundamental and basic a lot of coaching is as well. Though I guess, the, you know? yeah, I saw some people saying like, the, which I, I, there is reasonable that it's like stuff can be coded, you know, like. Help sewers is not a code. Help sewers, help sewers means help sewer run a no. fake, plan B, yeah. send in the... <laughs> yeah, dogs through short. Anyway, anyway, T1 issued a statement. So let's take a look at the T1 statement. It said, T1 completed a thorough review of the actions that took place this weekend. A reminder that Riot were the ones that actually conducted the investigation. This is T1 saying they did a separate review of the situation. And they said they'd like to express their regret for violating the rules and communicating outside of pauses. Uh, T1 proactively suspended head coach David Denis for this weekend's open qualifier. People were speculating hardcore that before this statement came out, that it was Stunner, the coach that they'd added, where fraud fucking blew up, saying that, why are you adding a former <laughs> a cheater to your team? I love T1. Etc. Etc. There's always drama with T1, isn't there? Always it's drama. absurd. Now, this line to me is like, as a company, T1 takes pride in fostering a culture of integrity in both our players and coaches. No, you fucking don't. And don't 
don't admit and express regret that you broke uh, the rules and then also piss in my face and tell me that you have a culture <laughs> of integrity. Don't do both of them. You, you can suspend your head coach and you can say we made a mistake, but don't you fucking dare tell me you have a culture of integrity. You are actually just taking your shit in my mouth. What? I mean, is that not ridiculous? No, I, this, statement, this statement's a fucking joke. I mean, no, just the expression that they're just... Pissing in your face. Pissing in your face. Just kill me. Just, do, you know, do you not don't, think that's absurd? You, you, I mean, don't cheat. And, and certainly don't piss in my face, though. <laughs> I'd prefer you don't cheat, but please. My uh, point there being that it's an absurd it's an absurd statement to make, in my opinion, when you have your coach... <laughs> communicating in game and not just communicating one off but has been doing it for a while that's not a culture of integrity yeah. by the way you also hired a former cheater what the fuck does that mean culture <laughs> of integrity what are you talking just, about the entire thing the whole the, oh, the, the spider drama the, the, the they're fucking hired literally every single i buy power member ever and that's yeah. not i'm not saying that's yes. bad but literally how do you have a culture of integrity like, it's, it's, no it's it is an absurd statement yeah. My, i i love the proactive though oh this is more more being proactive and suspending david to ahead of what ahead of him cheating again <laughs> <laughs> statement we still don't know what was said how often the severity of it whether the players knew all of that shit we don't know any of that after the t1 statement but david denis himself put out a statement a twit longer so let's take a look at that and i'm not going to read it all but i want to read out the important parts in my opinion so first off he says i regret my actions want to explain some context to provide some clarity Riot has investigated my role in the open qualifier with full access to all of my communication with the players, as in, you know, he's talking to the players via the client, so they have the logs of that. The communication logs show that all the communication I had with players happened in between rounds or to a player who was already eliminated. Let's start with that sentence. All communication I had with players, obviously much more than just saying help sewers once, in between rounds, literally not allowed mm -hmm. to commit to communicate in between rounds or to a player who's already eliminated. They can speak. The, your, your microphone still works when you're dead. The, the idea that that's the middle ground that he's found between that he's comfortable with compromising the integrity of is bonkers to me that that's his starting place. But OK, the communication consisted of encouraging or supportive statements and general reminders. Uh, Bala, what's an encouraging, encouraging, supportive statement or general reminder, do you think? Let's go, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Take a deep breath. Yeah. Let's go. I mean... General ge reminder is... There's so much in that. That could be... General reminder bad. could be so strats-based. General reminder Absolutely. could be... 
Make sure you remember to shut down what else up. General reminder could be make sure you remember to keep B main control, guys. General reminder could be make sure you eat a banana next round because you're looking a bit tired out there. <laughs> you know, it, it spans the entire gamut. One exception to this, he says, was help sewers. Forever a meme in the Valorant community, I'm yep. sure. There are no excuses for this. I can only say that I got caught up in the heat of the moment and did not think before I acted. The idea there being, I assume, that it was the only time he communicated um, in a live round to a live player who could do something, which I agree is crossing a line, but you've already crossed a few of them to get to that point. So, all right. Then he said, I did not participate in the practice of watching the live stream during a match or relaying any information to the players they did not already have. This being, I assume, a proactive way of shutting down rumors that he might have been actively IGLing for them, like Ascend did before it was banned in Masters 1. Yeah. Or, um, or Pipson G2. Yeah, the Pipson G2 kind of stuff where well, he's live in the comms with them. Th he's talking um, literally watching the live stream that's delayed yeah. by a couple of minutes here. Right. That's Which what was, he's talking <clears throat> about. Yeah, that was an allegation thrown at um, somebody in EMEA as well. Bali, do you remember? <clears throat> somebody that had their phone pulled up and the game was on it. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I it was on the wanna, table on the, it, yeah. cam, on the camera. Yeah. 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 That yeah. didn't go anywhere that, yeah. because it's very difficult to prove that kind well, of stuff. I think stuff, it ended up being proved it was a Twitter clip. A Twitter clip. Or you can go back sure. to the times and someone posts on Twitter. Sure. But I want to ask... That's happened so many times. I'm just confused now because through CS and Valorant, yeah. I'm just, yeah. I don't I know what happened. Add context to... Actually, I think we'll probably be talking about it a bit later okay. in the next topic. What, what so specifically? About so the... The G2? No, no, no. About the people downplaying this as a potential cheating issue, mm. like watching the live streams and relaying that information. We will be talking about yeah. that. Yeah, we have a, <coughs> a tweet to follow. I don't want to interrupt but your flow. Just, just to look at the, the, if we could bring that tweet longer back up again, sorry. Just about, um, uh, about what David Denis was talking about, Kurt. Um, he ends it just by saying, you know, that he regrets. Um, and he said, he wants to emphasize the players and the other coaches on T1 have all acted with the highest integrity and have worked incredibly hard to bring the team to this level of competition. Now, Riot did not apply any penalty onto the players. T1 have not applied any penalty onto the players as well. But I wanted to ask you guys what level of responsibility you might think a player has if your coach, let's say the coach is just saying stuff like, nice, well done, guys. Um, keep calm out there. Stuff that's more, you know, it's like the kind of thing you could shout from the side of a pitch yeah. that isn't strategic. But it's still against the rules, don't get me wrong, but it's that first step down the slippery slope of it. Do you think a player has the responsibility at that exact moment to say, stop fucking talking to us? Or at what point do you think the players start to become involved in an ethical sense in this kind of stuff? That was a very I difficult think, question. I, I think that if they ever actually act on information, number one, then they are complicit. But other than that, I think their responsibility should be to get him to stop, like immediately, no matter what it was. As soon as there's a, a message, especially if it becomes frequent, like maybe maybe one time, you know, Steel gets a DM, like nice job, good round or whatever, like then it's fine. But if he's doing it like multiple rounds, then after a single game, I'd expect the players to shut that down. That that'd be my read on the situation. What I would want players to do. Yeah, I'm coming at it from the angle of they should do that, but also 
I mean, in T1's case, the players, I was going to say young and impressionable, but that's not true. Steele is 56. He served in multiple <laughs> wars, so that's not the case. But I can understand the, not understand, I suppose I can like see from, you're a young pro player. You're not going to actively snitch on your own coach, I suppose. A person who's in a position of power over your role and sure. future of your career, you wouldn't... You wouldn't really feel, I, I don't think, comfortable to call out that kind of culture if you're coming in as a young player. Also, I, th I, I think as a player, just generally, if your coach is just giving you positive affirmations, yeah, I mean, you're not thinking, I'm cheating. Yeah, you're yeah. not really. Yeah. I, just, I, mean, cause, cause I don't in that think case, that's something that comes like to your, mind. Your dad is yelling <clears throat> something on the basketball court. Yeah, you know? like, yeah exactly. Like, it feels like that. But, but the problem is... As a player, you should realize that there's the possibility of him accidentally typing it on chat. That's what you should realize. It's what should go through your head when he's DMing you constantly throughout a game. That's why they should immediately shut it down because this situation would happen. That that's that that should be. I, it would go through my head like 100. Like, dude, if you ever type it on chat, no matter what it says, yeah, you're opening the floodgates. I mean, I, also, I I think that <clears throat> I think in regards to the actual system of timeouts in the game, I think that is also a... F I, I do think that mental, your mentality, is such an important part of the game. Um, and tack pauses are a way to dictate the mentality of your team and influence it in a positive way as a coach. And you're supposed to use your tack timeouts strategically to help your team. Yeah. And that should be... <clears throat> when if you see if your guys are playing really well and sometimes getting ahead of themselves sometimes you need to take a tack timeout and have everyone take a deep breath if they're getting really down on themselves sometimes you need to tack uh, take a tack timeout and lift the mood up like that is also a part of the game though it might not always feel like it and especially not when you're in the game and you're in the moment and just you know you're just getting the message good shot well played you're not really thinking about it but from the the wider look at all of the aspects of pro valorant play and any pro game period your ability to cope with the situation mentally is of the utmost importance yeah it's pretty massive and there's a reason there's tack timeouts and that's i think that's that's part of it that's when you would want your coach to step in uh read the room and be able to you know re-establish a, a healthy environment for yeah. players to play in. No, I agree. Let's pull up Curry's tweet about this as well, because obviously with the lack of transparency on the T1 side, un until David Denise tweet longer, there was pretty reasonable um, speculation by the community that this was even more serious, was a significant amount of mid-round calls or something like that, or, or even just a single mid-round call that the players should have identified as cheating and, and, and were complicit against. So Mitch tweets here something that I, I think is incredibly true. For a coach to IGL, there have to be a bunch of fuckers who listen. If your coach was actually involved in the comms, and we'll talk about the G2 Pipson situation afterwards where you can hear him in the voice communication with them, if, if there are any comms happening mid-round, the players inherently have to be on board with that even just by not saying anything, <clears throat> even by not fighting against that, you are, you are saying you're on board with it by continuing in that kind of uh, environment, even if it's only a small level of stuff. And Curry tweets, here's a guy who doesn't understand what he's talking about, you know, fires back at him. But the, 
especially this help sewers tweet if that had not been typed into all chat and are we are we really believing that's the first time it's ever happened no or just the first time that Absolutely he's been not. caught it's the first time we've been caught it's because they typed in all chat it's got to be right yeah. it's so unlikely that the first time you get caught is also the first time you ever did it and so i think especially because he's admitting that he has a culture of typing what, what, yes, what it's, it? it's reminders like he's that's got a reminder, right? malice of forethought to compromise the integrity of the games by doing this. This isn't something where he, for the very first time, decided to type something. He's thought about his decisions over the course of multiple matches to type various things to the players. And this time he feels like he went too far. But that's well, even in the statement. He he doesn't say the one exception. He says one exception. The wording is very precise from the twitlonger of David Denis. If you look at it and the I way suppose. it's formatted, it's, it gives him avenues AI of escape if further shit comes out. I'm not even kidding. I was analyzing this twitlonger, looking at it, and it's, it, this shit's been curated by the upper minds of T1's PR team, is what it feels like. I mean, I don't know if that's the case. I'm just throwing out pure slander. To, but the, 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 like the... I mean, look AI at it. Learning. One exception to He's this. He's read millions of twit longers. I mean, you're right. It does one say one exception, exception to this. It doesn't say, it doesn't say the, one, the one. It says but, one exception to this. But I think yeah. it, it, it makes, you know, in this instance, Riot would be able to figure out if it wasn't yeah. the solo exception. But what we're saying is Perfect. T1 have almost certainly been doing this previously. Now, whether that was just saying... Uh, well done, nice shot, take a deep breath, that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, again, it's still against the rules, but there is a different moral line there. Sure. It's also it's oh. quite likely this has been happening before, no matter what T1 or David Denis say. I, I do yeah. want to... Uh, sorry, go ahead, Wyatt. No, no, go on. I, I think that in the past, when there has been situations like this, um, Riot has specifically put out a follow-up statement after, like action has been taken that is that's labeled competitive integrity or whatever like they did in the 100 thieves case where they actually outline the evidence and whatnot and my assumption because they haven't done that yet is that they're actually going back and looking through logs of every single t1 game that they played in a vct circuit and they're determining that because otherwise that statement would have been out already that says yeah this was the only time yeah i think that's a pretty reasonable uh, assumption to make about it um Let's let's talk about wider rule sets actually overall because there's a tweet from um, Zotek that you linked us, Bala, that I think is pretty good to talk about here. And let's move on to our next topic as well while we do this, which is the overall problem of how to enforce these kind of situations. And we'll talk a bit about G2 as well with the whole pips and stuff. But this this tweet is talking about the idea of the rule set in general. Now, for a bit of context, Ascend at Masters 1 EMEA realized that in the rule set, there was nothing about your coach not being able to IGL for you. It was literally just not in the rule set. It didn't say your coach isn't allowed to do that. And so well, they... There was also a clarification, remember, that an admin told them that it was okay because it right. wasn't in the rules. Right, exactly. It wasn't just that they chose to do it because it was absent. They, they sought clarification. Clarification came back, yes, that's okay, and they did it. I don't think that that's bad. I think that that's how you should approach those kind <clears> of things. I think that's a fault of the rule book in that instance. But... That's been something they've tightened up in the future. This is a rule that's, uh, that's difficult to enforce, but just completely compromises online games. Yeah, it really does. So, I mean, as you can see here, this is the, this is the coach of uh, Saw. Sonic. Oh, Sonic, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sonic. Um, saying, can we get some clarity? Can coaches tune into the live broadcast um, during the match? And they're saying the, the, the practice is common with team and coaches. An answer one way would be helpful. 
Um, and I believe what's the response there? It's it's allowed in winter champs currently allowed in VCT. So in the rules, there's nothing prohibiting the coaches from looking at the broadcast. Now people have been defending this, saying, "What? Well, that's why the broadcast is delayed." But you can still gleam information from a broadcast being delayed by four or five minutes. You can gleam information of setups, where they're where they're where they're playing, what they were kind yeah. of like leaning towards with the with their setups in terms of how they're trying to condition you there is very useful information you can clean within that so there needs to be in my opinion something put in place within the rules where this is absolutely not allowed and then the problem becomes then to enforcing it which i've got my own thoughts about as well um of how they should do it in the online era but yeah i mean i'll, I'll let other people speak about this first this is something that david denise specifically said he wasn't doing and that, to me, indicates that he's aware of people who do do it. Yeah, I think which that's... it seems also this coach, I, I'm not familiar with him, mm -hmm. Zotek from Sonics is also, I mean, he says, I know this, is, this practice is common with some teams and coaches, so. I, I know that if you just check the viewer list of the official broadcast, you can occasionally find the names of people. Yeah. The problem is that that viewer list is not accurate. It doesn't always, you know, if you leave the chat, if you leave <clears> the stream, it'll sometimes still keep your name in there. It, it's not... It's not good enough to use as define, yeah. defining right. proof or evidence. You can use it in a Valorant court of law. Yeah. Um, the fucking kangaroo court of Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> yeah. I, I do feel kind of piggybacking off the point I was making earlier about the tech pauses. I do feel that in regards to general coach communication during games, it should just all be 100% limited to taking tech pauses. And I think that coaches calling effective, or not tech pauses, sorry, but timeouts. Um, I think pauses, uh, tack pauses, not tech pauses, sorry. Um, and I, <clears throat> I do think that coaches being able to call those pauses at the right time and be able to distribute the information that they want to within that minute, I think that there is a skill in that, um, like within yeah. itself. And that's a skill that the coaches need to have is you have a minute, you've been watching this game, you have to get the important information that you feel the team needs to the team in this time frame, and you are dictating when that time frame is. I think that's just one of the one of the, the requisites of a, of a good and skilled coach for a team. And I think communication outside of that should just not be allowed in the game right now. No, for sure. Um, I, I don't like the... Personally, I'm not a fan of the coach being the IGL uh, yeah. theory or People practice. Have... I just don't find that that's conducive to a good uh, game. Like, generally. Yeah, people have also <laughs> been saying that why not just let the coaches, why not open the floodgates and let the coaches come all the time during the matches? A, another horrible idea, I think, for a variety of reasons. Well, uh, just while we do this, let's bring up that tweet from Tani, if you could. Uh, Tani's HQ, um, or Tanishk, which is his name. I don't know why I call him HQ. Go on, and yeah. Keep so talking, Brad, because this is a conversation is, about that. This is, yeah, this is one coach saying, disable coach spectering officials for and online then, and games. And Tom says, just have why not land. just open it all up because right. it's unenforceable? Yeah, and, and Tom's saying, just open it all up because it's not enforceable. I think this is a really bad idea for a couple or two reasons. The main ones being, one, you're prioritizing and giving an advantage to organizations or teams that can have coaches or afford them. It's an unfair advantage. If you want an open circuit, you, you should not be pulling down even more so the five guys who are pulled together as an amateur team who are trying to make it. 
in my opinion. Because already, yeah, the orgs can have coaches and that is an advantage, they're calling timeouts. But if you're then giving these orgs the ability to have a six player in the server who's calling on a macro sense, it's again, a massive advantage. I, I don't like that argument because everybody has coaches already anyways, even the amateur teams, straight, number one. And also no team that's making it far. The coach is enough, enough of an advantage that no team that's making it far is not having a coach. Well, there's a couple of teams that don't, right? Rise don't have an active coach right now that's in the server. Yeah, but they Sentinels have, they have didn't. structure Sentinels on top didn't. of all that. But what I'm saying is that I don't think that already for... If you're building this esports ecosystem on the premise as well of trying to make it so that everybody can compete, you shouldn't be uh, putting in systems in place just because you feel like it's unenforceable. Like, just make it so that all the coaches can come all the time. I also think the second reason is that it detracts completely away from players who are IGLs. Like, players who are IGLs are incredibly valuable, and you're, you're mitigating that value and their impact in the scene when you have coaches that can just come in as a sixth player and, and come over the top. Uh, Those are the yeah. two main reasons that I, I don't think it would be a good idea. Uh, the, but obviously, Tom is suggesting this because it's very difficult to think of a world where they can enforce... Right. Yeah. enforce rule changes where coaches are not allowed to communicate they're not allowed to watch the streams and things in an online era like it's almost impossible i think there are some ways around it yeah. like there are, it's it's difficult but in my opinion if there was extra admins that were hired whoever on the um on the logistics side because no street gamers are running this we'll use no street gamers as an example and i would make it a requirement that if you are coaching you have to stream your pov to a private stream in what some way or form you have to stream your, your, your perspective, uh, perspective so you're literally giving a constant record of what you're doing in a given moment. And I would have admins that would audit teams at random intervals, and they would be able to see whether or not the rules were being enforced or not. I know that's not a perfect solution, but it's the only one I can think of that even would be feasible, I guess, logistically. I don't know. I, it's, it's really difficult to come up with solutions for this problem in the online era. Sure. I think one of the points, too, that you've mentioned about... I just want to return back to the IGLing yeah. portion there for a moment, too. If you allow... If you take the point of view that... I know that Tom and Lothar publicly tweeted about this as well, that the rule is unenforceable, therefore it should not be a rule. Which, generally speaking, does track. The logic makes sense, because you can't have rules that are unenforceable. It just creates a slippery slope of people breaking more and more of the rules. I understand the logic there. But if you... If you create a situation where the coaches can talk all the time, you will get into a world where Valorant only tries to pick up coaches who can IGL. And the coaches who will be best will be those who can IGL. The prep and the, the calling tag timeouts and the making adjustments and the mental game and that stuff will become so much less important than is your coach able to IGL better than the other coach? Because it's a bigger part of the game that can impact more of the rounds. And I think that is not a scenario where you want to go into because then you come to LAN and that is a totally different game. I mean, you are playing a different video game entirely. Your team is completely divorced. And you might say, well, that'll incentivize people to prep for the LAN. They won't have those coach IGLs because it'll only work online. 90% of the fucking circuit's online. If you only won everything online and came last at every LAN event, you'd still be getting paid 20K a month in North America. Wait, sorry. So you're, you're suggesting that at, you, you make it so that IGLs online is not, or a coach IGLs online is not possible, but on LAN it... No, 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 no. I'm saying if in the world where you had online IGLs, if you take uh -huh. Lothar and Tom's approach, where you allow the coaches to talk all the time, 
then you are forced to do it at LAN as well. You're forced right. to just across the board say, okay, coaches are IGLs now, and that's yes. the rule. And you go into okay. that world. And that, I think, is such a fundamental fork in the, in the strategy and tactics, how you build a team, that it's silly to make that decision based on the fact that you can't logistically solve the current problem of people cheating. And I, I think that's nonsense to take such a dramatic yeah. fork in what Valorant is, what teams are, what the identity of the, the rosters look like in order yeah. to solve this issue. What, what about a, a middle point? What if you were able to do what David Denis is doing always? Not, not doing, I shouldn't say that. Not help sewers, but words of encouragement, let's go, like Phipson was on the video uh, with G2. Those types of things are allowed. But other than that, pack timeouts are ne necessary for the coach to talk. I don't like that idea for one reason being that it's very difficult to draw the line between what is encouragement and what is not. For example, if you're allowed to encourage, but you're not allowed to give tactical advice, if you say something like, uh, well done that round, that's encouragement. If you say something like, well done in B main that yeah. round. You guys that, are so good at B hits. Yeah, like, <laughs> like at that point, just, it becomes really uh, difficult to enforce even yeah. when cheating is obviously being communicated like that. It seems mm -hmm. to me a lot easier to have a blanket ban on communications. And the blanket ban, it, it, there, there are ways of getting around it, for sure. Like if, if they did regular audits, they could be typing in Discord chat instead. Yeah. But to me, the point is, the more difficult you make it for someone to break a rule, the less likely they're going to do it because it takes additional effort and it makes it a conscious rule violation. And a lot of people are willing to make, they're willing to bend the rule, they're willing to do it if other people are doing it, but if they're the first one to break a rule, there aren't that many people who will do that. Most people conventionally stick to societal norms and if you allow the, it to erode and erode, people will just go further and further and further. They'll take the little insidious steps, but a big leap, a discreet jump from one to the next, I think people generally are much more averse to doing that. So the rules that you put in place, even if they're not airtight, will help solve yeah. this issue. Especially if you slap them with extreme punishments when they get caught. Yeah, I agree with that. I... I, I, I wasn't like saying that I want to live in the world that that Tom and uh, Lothar are suggesting or whatever. I I'm just saying potentially there's other there's other avenues. But additionally, I I agree with everything. We shouldn't be trying to change the way that we want to approach the game because people are breaking rules. We should just like well, I I don't understand how over and over we're getting the situations where if a referee was just live watching or whatever. If there was actual referees that I knew who were refereeing or whatever, and the and everybody was talking about it, like if there was a, a for example, let's take the Haven Sentinels Fury game where there was the jump thing and there was a tech pause. Why was that not that tech pause communicated like live on the spot? Hey, we're pausing because we're looking into a, a thing, and then everybody gets to know what the thing is. We're looking into oh, it's jumping on top of the box, and then people are. I feel like if it's just open and clear with referees, then everybody would be able to input and solve and actually iterate on ideas on how to not have that happen in the future. But because it's closed down, because refereeing is not seen at all until finally the, the competitive ruling is announced, we never are able to iterate.
I think part of that is probably because with a 128 team bracket, it becomes really difficult to have those referees monitoring yeah. what's happening across it's the board. Logistics issue. But, but, yeah. but yeah, sure, it's very hard to scale up. But I mean, come on, we've we've had online leagues forever where disputes are a thing, and you pause the next match until the dispute is reserved, and you have a certain window of time to enter in a dispute, and after that, then you can't you can't I, challenge something. But I think the problem there being, if you're playing against an opponent. Unless they do that stupid mistake of typing in all chat, you actually would never know that your opponents are, are cheating against you by having their coach communicate, which I think goes back to Bren's suggestion of having that evidence be recorded and occasionally audited. I think it's a great idea, actually. The solution yes. that I was going to suggest was cameras on... The, um, on the coaches and on the players being a necessity once you get to a certain stage in the tournament. Like, let's say you, when you get to, like, top 16, every player, every coach must have a camera on them. You make sure that the coaches are not in the, in the room. You make sure that the coaches are not using their mouth to communicate. Sure, it doesn't help with the whispering aspect, but I think that being logged in the game makes it somewhat easy for Riot to do that job of ensuring there are no whispers going on during a match time. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be good even on top of your suggestion sure. too. The more obviously it helps production you too. Yes. I mean, you've got cameras on everybody. Nobody. Yeah. It's not like a webcam is a barrier to entry in the top sixteen of VCT. I, I think I th yeah. there are definitely things to do. I think do. those are both good ideas. Um, yeah. Another suggestion as well I was cooking up is leveraging the fact that obviously the Valorant dev team care a lot about the esports side of things. They're willing to put in changes and work on things, as seen from the observer changes and various aspects like the the HUD as well being improved you I mean you could work with the dev team in some manner of speaking as well and making sure that the coach slot is locked down I imagine within the communication channels it is already locked down you can't use team chat while you're in the coach slot so they've already thought about that but you can whisper and use all chat all chat obviously I mean that would just be ridiculous for you to be trying to cheat in all chat but the, the whisper function. The whispering aspect, I mean, perhaps, yeah, whispering yeah, yeah. actually should be taken I mean, away this from is, people in the coach slot. That, that comes from a position of complete ignorance of not knowing how the game is programmed or ran in terms of that system. But you have the option of, of you know, proposing an additional solution or not even, yeah. I'm not going to say solution, but the more... A barrier. The it's more obstacles you throw up in yeah. front of this problem, the less likely people are to break the rule in the first place. And, so. I, and this, these are all going to sound... Bad for, like, for example, can we just bring back up the Tani tweet? Um, because he's a coach. A, a coach <clears throat> called Salah responded to him as well, saying, this just makes things way worse for coaches. We're going backwards here if you disable the coach slot. But the, the point is, I think, Boo, yeah, Boo and Salah, they're responding like, this would just take us back a year. But Tani's point is that the, that's the coach's fault for cheating. And you've seen it in Counter-Strike. I don't know how people can't learn the same lessons from an extremely similar game. If you cheat, and if, it, if rules become unenforceable, if the coaching position becomes a place where you can get access to crazy info and, and help your team in ways, if there's bugs, if you abuse that thing, the developer's going to take it away from you. They're going to take it away. If you, if you can't abide by the rules, if you keep breaking them, if you keep finding ways around it, you're just fucking it for everybody else. And it will get to an extraordinary level if it keeps happening. At the moment, it's pretty mild because there really aren't that many barriers in place. But you can see even by that, even by such an extreme example being, being uh, extreme solution being floated, that yeah. it's going to be harmful for the scene if it continues.
Yeah, can you pull up the Alma Putty tweet? I posted it later, uh, Kurt. It's it's literally a coach who has coached in CS and literally just left CS. And in CS, the reaction from Valve is straight up at majors. Coaches can't, they can't, they can't jump up. They can't have anything on their face. They can't do it. Like it's so locked down. They can't clap. They can't do anything uh, at land because of coaches like Hunden and uh, everybody in the past abusing bugs and doing stream sniping and just a bunch of bad stuff. That is the world that we're heading towards if we don't try to stop this type of thing right away. Yeah. And just a, this is our last thing before we move on. A lot of people are looking at this, the T1 disqualification, and putting the comparison to G2. Nookie posted a highlight clip. I think it was when he got his ace, and Pipson is in the background, I think, saying something like, nice, something like that, directly in the comms with them as as shown by this clip um no it's all right that we've already talked about it previously but i'm just setting the context for people um and a lot of people are saying well if t1 got punished g2 absolutely should have been investigated and maybe should be retroactively disqualified from the closed groups that they're currently in um wh what's your feeling on that like what's the What's the right thing to do from, a, from Riot or from the TO's point of view when you have that piece of evidence that the coaches in the comms, you don't have the extra evidence that they were saying anything tactical, but you, and, and it also would have to be a retroactive punishment at this point. Where do you think the right line to draw is? I mean, there should have been just something done then. I thought there was going to be something done then. Uh, I suppose not, though. Why is the question? Sure. Why did nothing happen then? Um, I think it becomes much harder when the evidence is outside of the game for them to be comfortable right. looking into it, doing anything at all, because they probably just don't have anything except potentially asking, like, Nookie for his POV, something yeah. like that. Uh, where, in my opinion, that should have happened, but maybe it was only shadow play, whatever. There's, right. like, so many... It, it, I, I don't get why recordings are not required by every single player and every, like, that's the type of stuff that we should have been doing forever that you could always requisition if there is a dispute, you know, the, all the stuff that you guys are saying, recording the cams, all that stuff should be done and re easily able to be accessed retroactively. You should actually have to upload on online games, upload your stuff before anything has happened. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Do you think there's any room for a retroactive kind of thing? To me, I mean, no, obviously, I there mean, should have been something happening at the time. They qualified, the I think they qualified time. the second time yeah, through, they right? failed that qualifier and then qualified the next time. That doesn't mean that he wasn't doing it still. Exactly. Because this shit didn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, retro, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I agree with Ball. I don't see how you could do that retroactively and then they could ask Nookie and then, yeah, I mean, he could have just hit the shadow play and recorded the last minute of his game. So it's not even... Yeah, necessarily they have POVs, um, but you know yeah, already he was breaking a rule by being in communication with them during a round anyway, right? Yeah. The question also becomes, where do you draw the line in terms of does it have to actually be something they believe impacts the round? Does it have to be something that they believe was sure. acted upon or was tactical or something like that? I don't think and, it should be. And, I think it should just be it? Yeah. blanket ban on communication. Which and again, is it just they turn over that game? I mean, which doesn't make they a difference. Lost they. We're out. Yeah. Um, because it was T1 that decided, well, they did the I think I David think we should e. ask that question again we... once we see if there's anything happening to T1. 
Cool. Cool. Like, if there's if, further if, riot punishment, or yeah. if riot decides not T1, that David Denis is banned for a couple weeks, whatever. Yeah, sure. Think, then, feels... then we could ask that again. Yeah, because if it was Riot that decided David Denis can't be, he can't coach for this next qualifier, if that was their decision, then I mean, I feel like that gives more credence to there being something done retroactively. Then, yeah, I mean, for even, the other case, even a suspend um, a suspension of Pipson for the upcoming closed circuit, yeah, seems like a mm -hmm. fairly reasonable punishment for him being in comms with them. It doesn't mm -hmm. it doesn't destroy G two on a small amount of evidence but it is a relatively large punishment for well, a clear violation I, of the rules i don't know why um I, I don't know how the coach thought works but why don't they force all communication from coaches to go through the game and then they they have a they can just toggle it because on they on could it's easy to i mean because people would break it it is easy to break but also it is another obstacle yeah so maybe they should. Maybe they literally a combination of all of our like proposed solutions. I think would be yeah. a pretty good way to deter away from from this occurring. Let's let's move away from this though. It's the end of Drama Wednesday. It's Aww. now just it's now just normal, normal Wednesday. Recap a tournament. Talk about some cool teams Wednesday. Aww, that's the boring part. <laughs> <laughs> Viewership. <laughs> <laughs> now this the the tournament itself was sick. Yeah, it's it actually. Was. Um, it was very entertaining. It was scrappy. It was all over the place. Uh, it was it was interesting. Let's start with version one and Exet. They were the first two teams to make it through. We saw Exet chugging some beers. You know, happy that they made it through. Going out for some drinks with the boys. Yep. Uh, let's let's start there. They end up making it through over NRG and the Guard, who we'll talk about afterwards because they were both the teams that ended up qualifying afterwards too. So I guess in some sense you could say they had the more difficult route, though it didn't look like that at the time. Um, how impressed were you with Exit? I know there was a lot of excitement about Cryo being on this team. I was excited. I liked, I liked Cryo's addition to this team when they announced it as well and watching them. I was watching, I was following Exit's games as much as I could early on against the, the teams where it was, you know, they were kind of rolling their opponents. And it was, it was just loose, you know? You, you, I suppose when you're in competitor, you're like, you want to put all of your energy into the opponents that you know are going to be giving you problems. Yeah. Which... I think was clear from Exet because the deeper they got into this tournament with the qualification process, just the sharper they looked as a team. Like you, you saw the old, the, the old things from Exet that you know and love, which is just the, the really great rock solid fundamentals in terms of how they play off of each other. And then you've also got the layers of strategy that they add on top of it, which every, it basically turns a good team into a great team. But now they've got this, this added firepower in the form of Cryo. Uh, it's just, yeah, they look they look really really good, and you know that this is just the beginning of them, you know, hopefully improving even more. I think as as you know as they play even more together because it hasn't been too long. I think since they've had the acquisitions, I, I thought they looked better than uh, previously. Straight up, obviously, Cryo has more firepower, but also everybody else on the team I feel like has increased their decision making and um, discipline by a lot. Like this round specifically, forty seconds left. This wall comes out of nowhere, uh, and then the Viper ult, like, that's not something that I would have expected um, Averin and the, the players on Xset to have done before last year, basically. I would not mm. have expected some fluid decision-making that blocks off an op in a crucial moment with 30 seconds left. I would expect them to just try to take the duel and either win or lose. But here they, like, over and over versus the guard, they're just making such good late-round decisions 
that I'm just like, wow, okay, like this team is different. The the firepower, just to say again though, the firepower of Cryo and Zekin, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Cryo had a tournament too. He was um he was number one in everything. I mean, I mean that's just, every tournament he's played. Yeah. <laughs> that's was, that's like I mean, that has genuinely a, just been every tournament of his like late. One point zero five KPR over yeah. the course of the whole tournament. I mean, he's getting more than a kill per round, and he just ran over the guard in that second game when they played against uh, when they played him on bind. I mean he just can you filter out the people. uh there a way to yeah, filter out. Well, yeah, you can. Yeah. It's, it's at round yeah, of one twenty eight or round of one sixty four or round of sixty four. Yeah. Yeah, basically just once you look at the uh the, the people <laughs> that made it deep, yeah. I mean he just destroyed. You know, he's he the stats are monstrous. Point two five first kill per round without even dying very much as the first death as well. Just across the board, a, a menace. Uh, absolute menace. I'm excited to see how he performs against the absolute elite best in the region. I, I don't know what the ceiling is like for this guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the ceiling for Xset seems like th they could absolutely be a top two team now and I think qualify. I, I mean, with, with this roster... Top two? You're, you're yeah, like, well, it's two, they have two spots for, for Masters, right? Um... In NA. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about that later, but if we want to just collectively just cry for the lack of <laughs> NA slots this year, just tear ducts erupting with NA losing slots. Um, but yeah, I think especially for the for this first, uh, for the first Masters event, potentially getting into a top two spot. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's a very reasonable outcome for this Xset team. And certainly more than ever, in their previous roster iterations or tournament attempts, I think they have the best shot of making it into the top two. Looking this at, was just... I mean, looking no, at... I mean, styling on them. Looking at their roster and their play, but also just the state of NA overall right now, I think that the conditions are, are right for them to, to finally do it. Um, you know, if, if you're going to buy into, like, the Sentinels just slowly dropping and dropping... Um, Hundred Thieves kind of being in, who knows really where they're at. We just haven't seen them. They have roster moves that aren't, they weren't, you know, remarkable. Um, Envy off the back of their champions performance. I'm sure Envy will still be good, but, you know, I think that it's an open field. I think it's a good chance for them to actually do it. Um, and yeah, I, I was really impressed with Aaron in this tournament as well. I think Aaron's, he's, he's just... He's the guy on the team who has the ability to just make magic happen with the specter and just nonsense weapons in nonsense positions, just winning out clutches that he shouldn't. Like he, he's been winning them so many important well. rounds. Uh, yeah, he was just damn good in this tournament. I, I, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think he had some rounds that I was really disappointed in, though. Like, constantly on, on split default where he's like lurking towards A, he was dying for so many times in this game against the guard. Which they didn't have a problem with because they continued to win the rounds anyways. But I thought that that was like pretty bad from him. But other than that, like his defensive sides were really good. Out of any player to criticize, I'd actually have Aaronism. Yeah, I, I was also. I mean, Aaron seems to me to be the kind of player that if you ask him to do the normal shit you would expect from a top tier Viper or top tier mm -hmm. Sentinel. He's going to struggle with it a little bit, 
but he will come up with very creative answers to getting value in tough positions. Yeah. He seems like a pretty smart player at being able to like find a timing or play around something in a weird way, and he'll be able to generate you value in positions where you don't expect it. But I do also see what Bala's saying where you expect, oh, this would be an area where a top-tier Viper or Sentinel would open something up, and he just can't because he's not in that funky chaotic environment where he thrives um I, i'm not really looking at that as being the ceiling limiting factor though i really feel like cryocell's style of be, just being able to dominate everyone he plays against i'm so intrigued to see whether it's still going to work or whether he's going to have to temper that and i think the group stage that he's about to head into is going to be a really good developmental period for him where you have a lot of experience against top level opponents that are going to be better than the people you've been running over in these tournaments and that doesn't mean he's going to fail i'm not predicting that but i think he's going to be limit testing and so he might have a couple of games where he gets whacked and then he'll you know adjust a little bit and maybe find a nice balance i mean fuck it maybe he'll run over everybody as well but that doesn't seem that doesn't seem to be the most likely outcome i think there'll be a bit of that pushing the limits and seeing what he can get away with and sometimes looking a little wonky and sometimes running over and i'm just you. excited to see where that puts him like how much of just the firepower can xset use to to get ahead does, yeah. does you, that you by think, default put them ahead of everybody else? You think, when you're saying tempering, you mean because he's going to be tested and not being able to get away with stuff against the group stage teams? He's going to play, yeah, in yeah. Okay. I mean, because certain when setups, I was... he, he's like hyper-confident, running into an area, opening, entering stuff up. If he starts getting shut down either by taking jewels against a star player who's seeking him out, and like, let's say it's a Ye, Ye's put on cryo duty and starts shutting him down, what does Cryo do to adapt? Does Cryo have that next level to his game if he can, you know? Way too much basketball. <laughs> Yo, yeah, guard Cryo real quick. Like, <laughs> but if they're doing, if they're, if he finds himself running into trouble, can he adjust? Okay. And how often well, does he sure. even run into I, that trouble? I already saw in Excess Play where they were incorporating uh, Cryo and Zekin. I already saw that kind of uh, fitting them into the team environment, the way they play. Right, because they're they're XL, I think are very disciplined. They are not as, not scared to just have patient holds as well, in particular. But they they're the kind of team where the very best teams in the world will have purpose when they do an action. It won't just be a solo player flashing something to try and make a play by themselves. They, I think XL do a great job of setting up Cryo to succeed. Like you see here when he's pushing up with a lot of his team, they're using Util, using a dart. They've got the drone coming in now as well. And he's pushing with the drone. Oh, there's somebody in there. Yeah, he, also, clears. he also bangs Net out like a freak as he's running up But long. that's the scary thing because <laughs> here's the thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, that kind of firepower is great as yeah. long as you don't always lean on it, which and they, they don't. don't. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. These, the, the maps where they play... With uh, when the maps where Zekin plays Rays and they have the double duelist. Holy shit! That's some it is some filthy. nasty firepower well, they got. I wanted to ask actually, in the case of Zekin uh, playing double duelist on on split and uh, and bind too, if, if that actually limits their flexibility. I know he was playing KO on like freeze in a sense, but for me, I always saw Zekin as somebody who could flex a lot. And I see them leaning more on it than they have in the past. And I wonder if that's going to cost them down the line. I think Zekin would be comfortable having to play Sky if it was required. I mean, he yeah, played he a shit ton of it. But I, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, that's another question that's kind of related. I think at the moment, this double duelist look just shits on teams that can't keep up with Cryo and Zekin. And that's another question of, like, do they need to adjust if that doesn't work anymore? If you're not getting these wild situations out of them and much more of the rounds end up being scrappy and based on Exet grinding it out, is it better to go for more of a, a KO or a Sky-based approach? I think those are questions, though, that they have plenty of time to answer. They've got a whole group system. They don't have to finish top yeah. two then. They have right, to they get into the playoffs. The playoffs. Yeah. On, on the yeah. on the cryo topic though, like him going up against better teams and potentially getting shut down. I think we actually saw a little bit of that against the guard on split. Like that was not his his best game, um, statistically. But what he did was still at least get what he needs to get. Yeah. I mean, look at this. 12, 12 and twelve. They won thirteen three. So that's not the craziest indictment of him. But um. He was always getting the space that he needed. In a strat that was, you know, hit B or something like that, he was always, you know, making that space and giving the room for everybody else. So he did what he needed to do, even though he wasn't necessarily getting the kills too, because his team oh. was still in positions to capitalize off of what he was doing. So I think that that is what he will need to do in those games when he's not fragging as hard, and that'll be enough. Should we talk version one? Because that was the team that came through the upper part of that bracket, and... I thought they had the more difficult route in the sense that they played against Rise. That that game I thought was going to be a banger, and actually version one just rolled them over. Uh, version just one rolled everybody. Yeah, new, <laughs> I mean, new they, version one with Xander. They went didn't through drop a map. so quickly. Yeah, the, the, the fastest cool. games. I kept checking back, and I just like, oh, okay, well they just yeah. won again. It was already. almost a bit underwhelming. Thirteen three. 13-6. Well, I mean, they even they even managed to stop the accrued neon <laughs> on fracture. Um, how legit do you think this team is? They look good. They surprise me, honestly. I don't have the the like greatest opinion of them because I not that I don't think they're good, but because um I didn't watch many games of them. When I was following the tournament, I watched their Rise game and I went back and watched like a little bit of their previous matches, but not much. But in general, way exceeded my expectations, I think, for them. Penny had a great time of things, I think, as well, at least from what I saw. Um, which is which is good as well because Penny's one of those players that in this new era of dominant jet players, Penny wasn't really cutting the mustards. So if Penny's now going up to old form, like thinking, what was it, Reykjavik, yeah. when they were popping off, hell yeah. I mean, that looks really good. And of course, yeah, I mean, Xander as well is a great player. It It is. I think they must have been missing some IGL sauce because they look so disciplined. Like... The amount of things that I'm like, holy shit, they're not going to clear that. They're not going to clear that. And then they clear it. I'm just like, wow, okay. And then the amount of times that I'm seeing Penny like stop in a take after he's done his dash, after he's gotten a kill, he stops and waits for his team to catch up. It's so insane. Um, I think Xander's brought them to another level and he's nuts as well. I mean, I, the coolest thing out of this entire qualifier was, was Xander and Cryo, who were literally yeah. our duo partners in, in ranked, and they were both on sword before this, get bought out by both these teams. Like, changing their team in such a drag. Look at, look at this round. Fast C, Penny is actually pushing towards the back of sight, and he waits for a second, waits for that dart, and then smokes off an angle so he can clear it while they're also coming through it's on the so back side. And then they recognize that the dart is too shallow, I think on purpose, and they know that somebody could be hiding behind that smoke, like, and Whippy's clearing mm -hmm. him at the same time. That sort yeah. of thing is something that I never saw from version one before. No, they looked absolutely fantastic. Also, the, the, the early round utility was amazing for being able to disguise which area of the map they were actually taking. 
They were, yeah. you know, when we watch, when we watch these tournaments, usually you'll see some good execs and some, you know, occasionally there'll be a fake thrown in, but the defaults are not to the level of the masters events that we watch or the champions events that we watch where teams have got really well-structured, well-thought-out defaults. They're um, conditioning their opponents uh, in the first few rounds and then peeling off and making different adjustments. That You just don't tend to see that in these open yeah. qualifiers to begin. And version it, this one is did a great that example really right well. Turret contact, shock, like every little layer to their play has something with the yeah. grab well to follow up and then the shock in case somebody's vulnerable. And then they follow it up even more with the rotation coming off of the gamble and a pop flash. Like, this is not this is not what you're used to seeing from version one. It's so clean. This round in particular was quite painful if you had any <laughs> expectations of Rise. <laughs> I mean, that is just such a hilarious scenario, and they're just made to look like fools, but it's because that setup from V1 was so good. Yeah. I mean, they mm -hmm. just look foolish, but it wasn't of their own doing. They just walked into the absolute, yeah. just a credit. They activated the fucking trap card, mirror force. Yeah. Just got rolled. Like that was, it was actually nasty. Yeah. Who, um, oh, go on. Sorry. No, keep going. Oh, no. I mean, it What's astounding as well is throughout this, uh, one of the aspects of it that I thought was pretty wild was just across the board, how well everyone was playing within this structure though, too. Like, I thought Whippy was was on a pretty, maybe a higher level ever than we, we've seen him before. He was playing really well throughout this tournament for them. I really like Zelsus when he's playing uh, the KO for them. I, just across the board, the structure has put their players in much better positions to actually just play well themselves and have better individual showings. Yeah, it's and, and when people say... Um, what's the problem with X team? You know, like the teams that get eliminated from the um, from the bracket. When people are saying, "What's the problem with Phase? What's the problem with TSM?" That kind of stuff. Version one are a great example of what difference a game plan and structure and layers to your setups make, and how the players look so much better because they have that game plan. It's just so obvious when you're watching version one now compared to the last time we saw them, how much their game has evolved in terms of the prep work and how much better that makes them look individually. Um, which team do you think could go further? Exit or version one? Now you said Exit might make, might make top two NA, so I'm going to assume you still think Exit because otherwise you'd have version one as number one. The, the, the thing is though, yeah, but that's like within a, the kind of like the pool of the top few teams that I, I think Exit, again, I, I think what I just said before, if... Uh, with the current state of the NA scene, looking at the other teams and looking at them and then being able to play through this next stage, I think that this is definitely the best chance of getting top two. And I think that they, more so than any other time, could do it. That doesn't, I, that doesn't mean that if I say version one could, that means that they're coming in in first and exit or second. Right, right, right. Um, but the, the way I'm kind of seeing this right now, at least looking at the other teams that we're waiting to see, the 100 Thieves, Envy, Sentinels, Cloud9, if we're trying to make a, a group of the teams that look the most likely to make it, I think you in that top two, surely, at least for me, I think both V1 and Xset are in that. Um, in contention. Heading into this. Yeah, in serious, they could actually get top two contention. Um, Along like with we're trying to tier Cloud9 it. Cloud9 and Envy? 
And yeah, that's probably what it would be for me. Wow. Cloud9 and, and Envy. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe Sentinels too. Uh, it's tough. I don't really see it happening with this 100 Thieves roster right now. Um, but that's kind of where I'm sitting with that, like, who could seriously sure. make it theory. What, what do you think, Bala, in terms of these two teams? How do you see them matching up against the other competition, against each other if they had played in the bracket? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question. I, I personally was more impressed by, like, I guess Cryo in general and Xset in general because of the way that I've seen them grow in the past. But to me, version one looked like a completely different team that it's hard to rate them because I don't know whether Xander's going to continue to call like the way that he did. I don't know if those are setups that they actually, you know, have just implemented. Um, I don't know if how they're going to look when teams are actually trying to adapt to them because like uh, Rise did not look like they were adapting whatsoever. I haven't felt like they were challenged enough for me to trust them yet. So I would, I would say Xset. I'm leaning towards Xset and... Well, I, it's still wait and see for me with V1, even though I was mm -hmm. impressed. There, I, I, was, I was very impressed. I'm, I'm looking forward to just following Xander and Cryo. I think it's a great storyline for North America, the next wave mm -hmm. of talent. The fact that they both joined these new teams, changed them, and were the first two people to qualify. You know, that's, that's absurd. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. That's a success story. Pay the money, get the results, apparently. It's pay to win out here in North America. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's move on to talking about the other two teams that qualified, and the, I, I've I've set this topic up as the guard and NRG have ostensibly taken the seventh and eighth spots spots in North America. That's what the that's what that bracket appears to indicate yep. is that these two teams are now seventh and eighth in NA at least for this tournament. Um, that's unexpected to me. The guard, I thought, okay, this is cool. I love that MCE's coaching. They got some cool talent. But I wasn't expecting this result. And for NRG, I know they've been doing well in the tier two circuit. But I, you know, I had people like Rise ahead of this. I had, I was wondering whether, you know, like a T1 would be able to get through, or maybe an LG, something like that, or even a Crew because they looked really great. What, what were your expectations for these two teams? Did they, uh, did they exceed them? Do you think that this is something they can continue with? How impressed are you? NRG took me by surprise a little bit, but for the guards. Um... I don't know. I could definitely see the guard qualifying in this open, in the first open tournament that we saw, like disqualify even. Sorry, I could see that being a possibility because I think they have the the makings of what I consider to be necessary. You know what I mean? With a good team, which is structure, is the most important thing. I think when I when I look at teams, I say it all the time so much that it's just it's a it's a fucking meme as well when we do the Overwatch shows but it's true i think that the coaching structure is incredibly important towards the development of teams and having a good mentality that's tailored to just improving and improving and improving and trying to really piece it all together the guards got that they've got well thought out setups well sort of well uh, thought out defaults as well and they have firepower in the form of sire player who they empower it's so nice to see sire player sire player being actually empowered compared to when he's playing on t1 Remember when T they put him on Omen and he was sure. just hiding in wine for sure. like half a game? Sure. Like it, it, sure. they they know what they've got. They know what tools they got. If you think about it in the form of like they know where the firepower lies with their team. They're willing to empower it as well. They set up Sire player to to succeed. But that's not the only thing they got going for them. They've got cool ideas behind it. They're not a perfect team by any means, but they're a new team, and I can see potential in that that can only 
It can only grow from here, which is exciting, I think, for them. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I'm always, I'm always down to just watch more top teams in North America. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially when they look disciplined like this, because uh, NA is a region overall. They have a very improv kind of style, which is very much playing off of each other and adaptations to what's being thrown at them, which is fine. But sometimes you need more layers on top of that, which I think was proved at champs with the amount of the minor region teams throwing in these trap plays and layers upon layers that were catching out the North American teams. Yeah, I think for the guard, there are just so many so many positive aspects of the team that all kind of come from the 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 macro look. Like the actual structure of the team, the way it was built is all great. And then also one of the first pieces they added being Fallon, who is just such a great in-game leader. His calling throughout this tournament was just excellent uh, on both attack and I think on defense. Their setups are really good. They do a really nice job of mixing up their defensive setups, c- continuing over from the previous tournament that I that they were in with the Nerd Street G4. A lot more of the same, where they were just constantly shifting setups, playing effectively on defense, empowering Saya player to hold down areas of the map with the AWP. Um, I, I think their in-game leading is so good, though. And I think that even individually, Valen, Valen gets nuts. a lot of big impact frags yeah. for the team. It um, reminds me of Mini Xander, actually. When I'm thinking about, you know, like, upcoming fragging, Smokes playing IGL, I, I, I was really impressed with both of them this tournament. Yeah. And I think they fit in the same kind of niche of people that are, va- uh, like, much needed within the North American scene and are going to make big differences to the teams that they play for. Yeah, especially for this probably being, as far as I know, I mean, Valen played some tournaments with like complexity and stuff, but this is definitely the biggest result that he's had. And I think in watching these games with the guard, his leadership, his decisions for the team mid-round on attack is up there with with the best teams in NA. I I really think he's just that excellent. Um, And... Also, on the individual level in this tournament, I think especially, Net really stood out for me more than in the previous tournament that I had watched. I mean, from the opening round where he just got an ace clutch on, like, the very first round that the guard played, I think, in the playoff bracket, to throughout the rest of it, just so many moments of able to, being able to get crucial multi-kills defending sites. Dude had a really good tournament. Um, yeah, I love this Very round. impressed. Um, here in the pistol because it's just the retake starts to go wrong a little bit here but then you just see the fundamental shine through and it's the perfect example of Valen just being not only just obviously the guy who's going to be making calls for them a lot of the time playing Astro but also just bragging out of control I don't know why Campeki was sticking that there but maybe just didn't think Trent had another shock that but this is like around the I don't, I don't know I don't know if they had any right winning this but they just come straight through trading instantly it's, uh, it's, I thought it was a great example as well as just, just seeing it in motion. Yeah. They're a pretty decent team. What do you think, Bala? Uh, I'm not as excited as you guys are, I think. Uh, I, I was very impressed with that. The check didn't come into your account yet? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got my payment from... You guys get the... I didn't yeah, get Bala to wear did, the they, helmet, Bala so... Did. I mean... We had a coach from Yeah, Ball wasn't on the coaster. Bala, we had a coach from This is awkward. Fuck. <laughs> no, 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 guys. no. Make uh, them I'll pay leave, us no. for the good comments. Oh. Um, <laughs> now, go on. What I, do you think? To me, it seemed like 
you guys are saying there's structure and whatnot. I, I kind of agree, especially on defense, but what I was getting from the way that Valen was playing and I guess calling as well, is that a lot of times he was relying on himself to make uh, plays, not necessarily like, yeah, he calls the idea for his team, but he would always put himself in the most important position, you know? And that that's kind of a way that I, like, the reason I bring it up is because that's how I, I sometimes I call. Like, in the tournament we played, I definitely was like, hey, let me put myself in this position. And it is the right play, but to me, it tells me that they're not as structured, structured as you think because he's not necessarily trusting the rest of his team to be taking uh, those positions himself. That's the, that's the read I get. It could be completely wrong. It probably is. But that's why I was like kind of sketch in terms of like, for example, that round we saw earlier where he was like lurking up and caught three in the back. That's not necessarily the, the play that I want Valen to be making. That's dangerous if he's in that position as the controller, you know? Yeah, I see what you mean. I mean, uh, yeah, the context of that round was as well, it was a thrifty apart from uh, Valen with the rifle. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I do agree, like your controller player inherently, especially Astro Viper, whatever, gets more value the longer they stay alive. So that's why you see those players tend to more passive positions where they end up just watching flanks and other things. But mm -hmm. I understand I, And I'm not point. trying to say he has to do that. I, I'm also yeah, looking sure. at Net, for example, and see his type of plays like on Killjoy and, and on Chamber and whatnot. Chamber is understandable because he has an escape me mechanic, but oftentimes he is making plays off of his own intuition, and that's great. But if that's what's winning them games, that scares me a little bit in terms of how they're actually structured. You know, it's it's a yeah. great skill to have, but I want to see more in terms of them their their original plans working, their original ideas and calls and mid-game calls all come together in a way that is beautiful to watch and also just right, mm. you know? Yeah, I think the reason that I'm excited about them is because they do have a lot of flaws, the, the team, but mm -hmm. they are such a new team that has a very good coach and an IGL that you can see already understands how the game is supposed to be played. It's that they're not mm -hmm. quite there yet. I can see massive growth potential with them. And I think, again, being able to play in the group stage, playing against these top-level teams, they're not even in the pro scrim uh, discord. They, they literally are not scrimming tier one teams. So it's invaluable experience for them to be able to get into the closed system and be able to do, uh, to be able to have games against these elite Wait, level. What is that? Where did you hear that? They said it on the interview afterwards. They said, oh, wow. they, they, they literally said, yeah, yeah, we, we're so new. We're not even top 25. So we haven't got into the pro discord for scrims. So this will be pretty cool for us. What? And I was like, holy shit. That's mental that these guys have that got this wild, good actually. so quickly. So that's the context in which I'm excited about them, Bala. I, no, I know that they, they have and their they problems. they didn't even complain on Twitter. This is fucking <laughs> what? Oh my god, FC, I love you, bro. Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, and I think the players also have, I mean, I don't know, they're, they're endearing on social, uh, not on social, but on the interviews afterwards as well. Yeah. They're just very endearing. Was it Net who was shouting out his mom or something? And Van Silly was like, yeah, shout out to your mom. And I was like, what the fuck are you trying to do, Van Silly? You're trying to, what, what are you up to? Van, Van Sussy uh, moment. Yeah, a bit of a Van Sussy moment. Uh, let's, let's talk about NRG, though. Um, yeah. 
NRG are the kind of team that, I mean, we were really excited about them when they first made this roster and put I mean, the pieces we, together. I've been excited and molding about NRG at we were, different points. We were like, yo, the firepower. <laughs> I mean, it's been the, the, the firepower has been like the, the NRG take. It's like the only thing we've years. said. God, look at the firepower. Though. They have text, they have Android now. Like we've been doing that for so long. Um, Android to energy should have been one of the top roster moves, but it just was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just was. I mean, until now, I've, I've, in this yeah. tournament, he was playing really damn well. The numbers he was putting up on Chamber, really good. By the way, mm -hmm. I, I love the amount of Chamber that I was seeing in this tournament. They got I like think a lot of sick. 40%? And I think Android was is one of the players. He's the he's the type of player you want to put on Chamber. Um, and I'm, I think it was a good decision of NRG generally to have so much chamber play be a part of the way that they're approaching the game. Um, but yeah, there were just some, some big moments for Android throughout this. I think this is a round that he clutched out. Uh, also, Hayes playing a really good tournament. Hayes, free from the shackles of TSM, can actually qualify. You'd love to see it. Um, there were definitely some moments where I was very impressed by NRG. And there were other moments where I, they left me with more to desire, but I overall was pretty satisfied with, with what I saw for the, for the most part. Um, like there was one round that I sent Kurt that highlights my, my feelings of NRG so perfectly. It's the, it's the bind one. If you want to play it after this clutch that comes up here, which is just kind of ridiculous. Nice little, nice little oh. run and gun mode. The game is flawed. You love oh to see my. that. But there's a little bind round that just summarizes my feel totally on NRG. That was a, uh, in their game against Exet, which they narrowly lost. Mm -hmm. um, it was like 13-11, 13-11, or 13-9, 13-11, something like that. Um, uh, it was a bind round with the shower take. Um, Awesome shower take into Pepega B hit is what it's like. Yeah, and that's just summarized. Look at the, this take is great. So Som just comes up, taps the orb, baits out the shock darts from BCJ. They sent through a sky flash initially. And the way that they time this shower take here is so good. So they dog to re-clear after waiting for a bit. Som pushes all the way up. As the drone goes, he pushes through, finds the pick and dashes out. Just a fucking beautiful entry through shower. Then they go recover the orb. Now they're going to go work back into a B hit. It just goes, <laughs> and this is where it all goes wrong, Josh. <laughs> and, this is, and this is just where it all goes so wrong. Exet have control of Hookah and they have control of Octagon. They're also rotating a player off A to B because there's just been no further play in the A area whatsoever. And then they just try to five-man waterfall out of Hookah off the flash. They find the entry, and they, they dart close, and then it just falls apart. It, it just turns to tragedy yeah. because they can't get Def out of long. They just had no long control. Somehow Def with that. Uh, yeah. How are they allowed to win this? How are they allowed to win this? That should not. And then second guess the kill of the day. That should not have been around one. Def just kind of a few too many fucking. He might have started drinking already. That was, <laughs> they already thought they won. He was pre-gaming and he made that whiff before they went to the bar. Um, so there were just. There were moments like that where I was really impressed with things NRG were doing, and then moments of, we're almost there, guys, one day. 
Um, <laughs> but overall, some of, a lot of it is kind of more of more of the same. Some of good some good things like Texas continuing to play initiators, playing a lot of KO, and he's popping off on that. Som looks really good on the jet roll. The rolls look good on the team right now. The rolls make sense. The chamber is good. The only other weird thing for me on this absolute fucking NRG ramble that I'm going on is that they played Breeze in literally every game. They got to play Breeze mm -hmm. and won it in every game except for against Xset. So I would like to see them on more maps and maybe teams will realize that they're good on Breeze and stop letting them play it. They, they lean super heavily into SOM and their mechanics and their firepower that, you keep, that we keep mentioning, you know, uh, as a team because... Watching them as well, we know that we know that Som can aim, we know that Tex can aim, we know that Android can aim, uh, and as well the rest of the players. I mean, Hayes and the EU, they, these guys are not afraid as well. They can pull out some clutches in, in certain rounds. But watching it, I realized that they the reason they play Bree so much is because they play it like old Breeze, and they empower the shit out of Som, where they will constantly set them up to succeed with either contact pushes through halls or setting them up with a flash in mid because they know he's good for the kills, and that's where the crux of a lot of their um, kind of plans begin. Like, here's a great example here of, of what they're doing. And then Som gets a pick. You know, they're setting him up quite nicely. I mean, to, Som I just had, ran over Shanks I, in this game as I, well. It I, was a tragedy. Yeah, I, I had sent a few... I was... I sent a few clips from this Breeze game and on their attack half. I thought that they were doing some, some pretty cool stuff, though, with the pacing of their hits because they were playing some rounds around either the chamber having his ult up so he would have the AWP or Som would have the attacking AWP. And some rounds they would take it really slow and just contact with the AWPs and wait for a pick. And then a little bit later in the half, they started doing some like A splits, like one minute into the round. And then they just threw in a round here where they just fast up mid Som off the ult, set him up to get the kill, little recon top mid, find the openings. Like they, they were doing some cool stuff with, with some of the pacing on their approach on attack. But at the end of the day too, a lot of it just came down to some of these contact rounds, yeah. Yeah, but there's, I mean, it's working for them in this instance. Also, they, like, Rise flopped in this match. Like, they, they, they really did. We'll, they we'll talk about Rise after yeah. this, but um, um, it was painful. But yeah, that's, that's what I noticed from NRG, is that they, a lot of their plans lied on the, kind of just on Som being able to get in space. And even if Som did go down initially, like, off the, off the rip, the players are good enough that they can take these rounds into their own hands. But in terms of just the depth of their play, I don't think... I don't think it's there compared to um, some of like the top, top teams, but there's no reason it can't get there. Okay, well then I have a question for you all, which is the Garden NRG uh, in theory should make it through via their seeding to the playoffs portion. There are 12 teams in the group stage, four of them get eliminated, eight move on. So if you just did it on seeding, the Garden NRG would make it through, but that's not how it works. Do you think Garden Energy will be able to hold on to their spots at 7th and 8th, or even push it higher? But my, my point being, are they going to make it to the playoffs? Will they be able to get good enough wins against the teams that are going to come through in the next wave? Good enough wins against a, a version 1, a, an Xset, a, a struggling Sentinels, or Envy or something? Do they have it in them? I could see it. I think one of these two teams is going to not make it. I, I, I personally think it's, it's the guard, but Sadly. Why is that? Because I, I was very impressed. Okay, so I, I, I only watched the Energy Rise series, so I don't necessarily have um, a full like grasp of everything because I didn't think Rise was playing well at all. However, I, like the stuff that you guys are saying is is affirming some of the things that I was saying. 
And it's not that this team is like super, super, super structured. They have tons of good strats or whatever. I think more so than anything, they're empowering the plays that their players like to make in in creative ways. And yeah. in the past, you would see, for example, Sam loves to, let's say he like, loves to push mid on Breeze, like dash up and go crazy. In the past, you'd see that happen by itself with no clearing on elbow, no dart, no flash, nothing like that. But in this case, um, especially even for like a player like Tex, actually it was very impressive the way that Tex was playing. Tex loves to push smokes, right? In opportune times where he thinks the timing is really good that he can catch people off in the, in the back. But those were never, ever followed just by himself with, with like himself pop dashing through a smoke. Like on Ascent against Rise, consistently there was an Astro pull with it or a dart getting shot through at the same time. For, for Som the same way, he was consistently getting darted in perfect positions for him to play through the smoke or something like that. Those types of things make this team a little bit more interesting to me than, than the others because it's very much still NA, NA focused, like adaptation heavy, um, a lot of scrimmy strats, but at the same time, they're also empowering people in ways that I find that not other teams are doing. And you, you, I, you I agree. agree. I, I think NRG are definitely going to finish in the middle of the table. Um, and the guard, I do think the guard are really good, but I think, I think they might get tested a bit too heavily by some of the other teams and they're not going to be uh, prepared to, to beat a lot of the other teams that are in this, mm. this pool. Um, I mean, I don't even think that if, I think if they played NRG, I think NRG would beat them as well. Um, and I, I don't see them being able to beat the teams that are already waiting there. Mm. So I think that they're going to be on, they could absolutely still make it in. I mean, they are obviously, they're on the line. We're talking about 7th yes. and 8th. But I do they just have to maintain their spot. They are going to end up on the very edge, I think. And I, I think a team like T1 could, like I'm, I'm thinking specifically a team like T1 could, Sure. take them out and other than that i don't really think that there's many teams that could consistently play the throughout a season to be able to <laughs> yeah to overtake. I, what about i have faith in guard personally i have um, faith in both these teams as well oh you think they both will yeah okay top eight. i have, faith in, I have a faith in god <laughs> yeah God. Just because I think we haven't seen <laughs> the the teams that are getting these invites 100 thieves is a lot of unknowns in the air with them sentinels as well there's a lot of unknowns in terms of how they might perform. Are they going to rebound back again? Or are they going to kind of just fall down and other teams going to be, again, being screaming. competitive against them? I, bro, I, I don't even want to touch that because I'm I have no idea. But I'm joking. But I have fucking People no are idea. preaching it like the gospel. No Tens is going to be playing on 55 ping as well. Dude. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll talk about that next week, I'm he sure. He doesn't care anymore. If he cared, he would <laughs> move to Texas. Eight. Curious, you want to win, yet you didn't move to Texas. Curious. <laughs> there's eight teams that make it through the group. Yeah. And there's going to be 12 teams in total because there's four more for the next open qual, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys are bringing up fair points about a guard as well, but just uh, you don't really know if they have what it takes, but they got another week, you know, well, if not well, more, more until, the, until I mean, the, the group stage. The group so. stage itself is going to be happening over the course of how, how long? Yep. Five weeks. Five weeks. A long time. I think so. the pace of improvement of the guard in five weeks' time, they're going to be a better team than NRG, even if they aren't now. That's my yeah. take, anyway. Just, well, just based I, on the rate I, of I do want to. I, I want to temper your expectations for how long this five weeks is, though, Josh, because I'm pretty sure every team will play one time, once a week. I'm sure. pretty sure. Yeah. I, so that's not that much. 
I guess. At, at that point, it comes down to schedule, right? If they play against all the hard teams first and the weaker teams afterwards, then yeah, maybe it's maybe that improvement really, really is Wait, important. That make sense. No, they'll have <laughs> they'll have to play more than that. I think it'll be twice a week, but the the point is still yeah yeah. But let's let's talk about Rise though, because Rise lost in what I would consider to be a pretty significant upset to NRG. And they had pre they had been blown out in the upper bracket as well. And that game against NRG wasn't even close. You know, I could see a world where NRG gets an upset and it's a really tight game. I did not have this in my universe. Uh, you know, if I'm thinking about the multiverse and how it splits, <laughs> we're in my head, we're in a pretty heavy offshoot right now where NRG's 13-3, 13-3 against Rise. They just dumpstered them. They just couldn't keep up at all on, on no level of, of the game. But even individually so, they were just outside of Derek really struggling to, to keep up in those regards. Um, yeah, I, I, I was oh, also so on, a lot of the, on, on a lot of these hits. Is, is this the one where they were just looking really terrified when they got into the site and Android yeah. is just running around in the back? Well, yeah. Oh, wait, no, it's not. There, I, I was just... No, but it, it, there was another round very similar where they're so timid on these hits and they just... They're not taking the space. They're not pushing off of each other. They're just... It looks like I, they're scared. I love their ideas here. I love their idea here. It's just that everything is mistimed. Like, they smoke poise so we can wrap around inside of the, the switch hut. Yeah, it's And then cool they're going to pop flash. But Neptune... Or uh, who is that? Superman peeks before the flash and then this flash doesn't even get anybody and... Then there's no follow-up because there's nobody pushing with it. So mm -hmm. it just gets completely picked apart. But their hit worked. They died well, to a dart. That was bad, but... Kind of. Eh. Yeah. It, can we replay the clip here as well, Kurt, once it finishes? Because I, the, the this map ended with Shanks and Neptune having like two kills each. And the community was like, oh, these guys are horseshit. To me, part of the issue is that Rise ended up doing so many late round hits where there's 30 seconds on the clock, here there's 40. And they were forced, Shanks and Neptune, to make mistakes like this, where they're running into yep. NRG who still keep all of their util because Rise weren't doing anything for the first minute of the round. And so, you know, everyone's able to keep the KO Molly and the, and the Recon Dart and the Sucks and all of that stuff is up in the final 30 seconds when Shanks and Neptune are being asked to hit the site. And so, yeah, I know that Shanks and Neptune were also whiffing some, some kills, especially when it came to Breeze, but I do think that this was an IGL problem on Ascent as well, where you run into scenarios like the hit there, where the hit makes sense, but you haven't done enough in the early round to set yourself up for success. And instead, you're just relying on being able to wiggle your way through all of the utility they're throwing at you. And, you know, Shanks gets caught by a recon and is the easiest kill in the world. And your jet's dead, you're playing a 4v5, you try and do something funky in the post plan. But the it felt like that was happening over and over and over again. It's These the late round hits, they just have to run through Cat and face all of the util. And of course, your duelists are going to die when that happens because they're at the front and they're just getting fucked. There, yep. there was consistent moments where I, I, think, I think they tried to shift the way that uh, they, were, they were calling uh, based around KO. But consistently, like in the game against V1, they were just like not finding the killjoy with the with the knife and and then they would have to run through or they would try to ult and the K, the killjoy is playing really far back and stuff like that and against uh nrg where they're playing against chamber 
they just were not prepped, I guess, to play against Chamber yet because I don't know how many times they walked up mid and that that slow alarm bot went off. <laughs> and they're specifically supposed to be clearing for it. Like they are running the ideas with the intention of breaking stuff because multiple times they poke cat, but they just never actually do it. And then they have to run through problems yeah. because maybe they run into some like, you know, text like pop flashing through through a smoke before they get to the chance that they can and they have to back off and then that utility's still up or or something like that. But they just couldn't do what they wanted to do. It was such a sad series for Derek fans as well because he felt like the only person with life left in his body. Yeah. He posted a nice tweet afterwards, though, which I think was uh, the necessary mentality to have off of this, which is just him saying how, uh, you know, don't blame his team as much. They set me up to get these picks and look good, you know, which is the mentality of, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team, which is what you need. Um, But yeah, something was definitely an off for Rise. Like you guys are saying, I'm not just going to rehash your points, but it felt like there was hesitancy across the board. The calling wasn't good. Their their macro sense of a game, their hold of it, what they thought was going on at a given point in time was just not good. And one of the players that they lean on as well, a lot of the times, who is very confidence-based, which is Shanks, wasn't getting the picks, wasn't getting the kills. So, Fortnite. I love Bala. (laughs) There he is. Bala kind of looks like KO at the moment. Oh, there he is. He's back. <laughs> yeah. Where do you think the future lies for Rise? Is this a temporary blip, or are they going to fail to qualify for the event overall, and we're just going to look at LCQ as a flash in the pan? What, what's your read? Is there even enough data feel to like get a, a read? Flash in the pan because it was just a steady improvement over that like seven, eight month period of last year where they were grinding out the tier two scene hard. Um, and just seem to be on on the upward trajectory. Um, perhaps I've just stumbled on the, the correlation of the greatest Reddit talking point of all time. If you play tier two tournaments, you win tier one tournaments. <laughs> if you don't play any tournaments, you lose. Yeah. There's been a whole lot of discussion about that. Um, and perhaps rise of the greatest example of that theory. Um, I am very willing to believe that this was a bad tournament from them and that they'll be playing better than they did here in their second qualifier. Do they make it? Yeah. I feel yeah. like they have top to. Four? Yeah. It feels, it feels almost impossible that they could fail to make top four again. Because this really, a lot of this to me really did just feel like I absolutely agree with the points that you were making about some of the, the duelist stats and people harping on them too much. Um, and and uh, with Neptune and Shanks specifically, but I really think that overall they're just kind of off, I mean, and it happens. They were, um, and so I'm definitely willing to give them give them another shot. And I think that if they even just play decently well, they they're good enough to make the top four. Yeah, I mean theoretically, it should be way easier for them with open qual two, and all the teams yeah, making it through is going to be TSM T1 Knights like. Yeah, I don't see a world where they don't make it through. Yeah. I do think though, I I do think though that it was a blip in the pen. LCQ. The LCQ. Yeah. Um, not necessarily that they're gonna, you know, they're gonna struggle again next qualifier, but their their game against Cloud Nine, the three zero, that just they collapsed, and now some some of these games they're collapsing as well. I think there's more to it than, you know, them looking off one night or something like that yeah i i think it's 
there is something that is causing them to lose what makes them rise in certain games. For example, um, I think we watched it when we when we watched when we were talking about V1, Neptune missing a KO fragment or something like that, and then they get all locked down. Something like that maybe sends them off the edge and they can't find any more value later on. Like some mental thing is triggering them in a way that they just all of a sudden fall apart. I think that is likely, honestly, in this scenario. Yeah. The thing is Agreed. That when, I don't want to stay on it forever, but when you say that they're like, or when you're talking about them being a flash in the pan at LCQ, were we, where were we really rating them from LCQ? Like somewhere within the top six? Yeah. Off yeah. the back of that. Yeah. It looked pretty good until the finals where, I mean, Cloud9 were on a heater. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but if we're thinking about the, the group stage about to come up, I would not be predicting Rise to get top six, I don't think. Unless the teams, you know, like your Sentinels, Cloud9, Envy, 100 Thieves, flop dramatically. In which case, yeah, they can climb the ladder because these teams have shit the bed. But this, this Rise to me doesn't look like the Rise that we saw at LCQ. And I'm concerned for the future as well because they're, they're surrounded in a system where other teams have made big roster changes too. And yeah. If we're talking about sure. version one and Xset, they've made big roster improvements, big ones that are going to make a sizable difference. Rise have not. Rise had a roster move that they could have potentially made. I mean, there was the whole conversation about Rise maybe like, you know, swapping Shanks for Baby Bay and going to phase and that kind of shit. Yeah. But they just want to stick with Shanks and it doesn't look like a roster move is on the horizon. And so this is the roster you've got moving forwards into the future. Uh, think I think it's got can, a time limit. Do you think they can make top eight in the table? I think they can, but... I think with the form that they played in that tournament, they are going to drop upset, uh, upset games to, to guard or to accrue or to uh, fucking T1 or, or, or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> if they play that poorly against NRG, I mean, it's not even a close game. It was 13-3, 13 yeah. They got walloped. So if they just have another day like that, they've, they've uh, potentially thrown themselves out of the group stage if it's against the right opponent or the wrong opponent from their POV. Um, we, we've been talking a little bit about Accru and TSM, so let's, let's hit it. Finally. Accru <laughs> eliminated TSM from the lower bracket. Uh, I framed this in a positive direction where we're talking about Accru, but the community on Twitter framed it in a negative direction where every tweet was just clowning on TSM. I think Lothar tweeted, uh, TSM got eliminated three times in a double limb tournament. Which <laughs> that was pretty good. Sure. That's pretty good. Uh, Shaz said TSM's best performance was on Twitter. Also true. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, what was the other one as well? There was a different one there too. Yeah, and then even Steel piped up. Oh my God. Damn, a crew got a buy too. Oh my God. That's rough. Just people do, out do, there. Do we want to, to translate that? What does that mean? Just hit a translate <laughs> button on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, can oh, I thank you? Can Thanks, I talk Google. about a crew, Stein? Yeah, do it, crew. do it. I, I quite like this team. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not sure how young they are, but it's clear that they. I don't know. They people clown on them. I think because they haven't been following that much, but they are. You know, they're they're, they're looking kind of wavy. You know, I don't know this. This team, they got some, they got some upset potential. Fucking... They're looking kind of wavy, man. I'm telling you, they've like, been slapping to you. Yeah, they've been, they've been competing in a ton of shit, and I think it showcases in their play a lot of the times as well. Because in particular, I think my first impression of them was this. I think it was this. No, it wasn't this fracture game. 
Um, or maybe it was this Fracture game, but I watched them on Fracture because it was interesting. They were playing Kampeki on Neon, which is cool. Um, but it, it didn't leave me with like, oh, wow. It's, uh, it was the one before this. I know which one yeah, you Yeah, I wasn't about. impressed. It was very kind of improv is how it felt. You know, it's, it's adapting to what the enemy's doing and Kampeki was kind of rolling over them and it felt like maybe Kampeki could do that on any other role, not just Neon. There wasn't really too many cool things that they, they were doing with the Neon. But outside of that, when I watched them on other maps, I was like, wow, actually, this is a team that does have some cool thought out shit. They do, uh, you know, uh, pivot and adapt and have kind of good ideas of what they need to do on a macro sense in the mid rounds, in the late rounds. They make mistakes, don't get me wrong, but I think this is a team with a lot of potential. And also, when we were watching, myself and Bren were watching that accrue Fracture game, I think it was the first time they played Fracture in the upper bracket. Can't remember who the opponent was. And they didn't really pull out too many of these set plays. When they played against TSM in the lower on Fracture, there, there were set plays all over the place. I mean, they, they had plans on plans that were shitting on TSM. The defensive aggression was really nicely thought out. They had like the Astro Util to be able to take control of Astro and Breach Util with the um with the two duelists to be able to take tree control and then they've got that like breach ult into their mm. spawn and stuff they were really creative with it when it came to that low bracket game a lot of little setups with the neon stun as well Just yeah comboing that off stuff comboing Very that off the stock. yep yeah the seeing the neon was super cool like, dude kepeki's stats on the neon for the tournament overall are crazy every game they had he was dropping like 20 plus his stats ended up being just nasty because of that. Yeah, Accrue are, are a very cool team. Uh, their players are very versatile. They can all play a Is number of agents jumped up? as well. Yeah, this was really sweet. He's got a sight line to be able to see people who are heading into A-holes as well, which I didn't even know that sight line existed. He, he jumps up there with an op sometimes too. Yeah. It's, it's just a, so cool. I, the, the fact that they take tree with the, the smoke and then they don't have to actually use like a stun from Breach or Astra. They could just combo with uh, with Neon. They do anyways, just to get full coverage. But yeah, that constantly caught TSM off guard, like a lot. There was so many good plays with with uh, with Neon and that I, I that's, really really want to look at more. It's yeah. a pretty big part of running the Neon was that was the stun. It's something that Jet absolutely doesn't have. If you're trying to do defensive aggression on this map, most teams would think, okay, well, breach and Jet, you do your flash and dash kind of stuff. But um, the, the the Neon didn't really seem to be. The, the mobility aspect of the Neon was what everyone seemed to be talking about. And to me, that wasn't the major aspect. The mobility, sure, like it got them better timings down into tunnel when they were fighting down there a few times and allowed them on these fast flanks. But to me, the, the like bread and butter of what was going on was, was the Kampeki getting value out of the stun, out of following the aggression as a really like aggro duelist and being able to still get out with the, with the like smokes and utilizing the alt uh, that's the stuff that really made the difference to me it, is the the creative way in which they're utilizing like the stuns to lock down areas that is quite unique the, the, the wall is i think the wall is strong as well but just to, to Did access you see many opportunities where it was space cool? off the wall um what do you say ball I was wondering because I I thought it was strong yeah but I didn't see many opportunities like where that was set into a strat you know they, they, like yeah, they weren't really, they weren't using it. I, I never thought they were really using it in that way to use it off of a set play. It was more just in the moment, it is effective when it is being used. Um, yeah. That's where it was proving useful to me, which is also where like, I mean, 
it's impossible to not kind of compare it to Phoenix. But when you compare it to Phoenix, it's like that those situations are just not as common. Yeah. Um, where her wall is far more powerful to use on the fly in the moment you send it up and you get significantly more coverage with it. Um, well, yeah, I, I agree with that point, Josh, of that being the, the bread and butter. The, cool team. The crazy part, I think, from McCrew is that I don't think they, maybe in the TSM game, they kind of showed their potential, but I don't think that they were playing as good as they were playing in the, the Tier 2 tier tournaments that they were dominating. And maybe it's pressure or something like that, but for example, Calm, I wasn't as impressed with uh, when, e even against TSM, but even like on Icebox, for example, there was moments where I'm like, hmm, this isn't like normal for a crew. Like for whatever reason, this isn't working what they're doing. There were many of those types of situations that I think, especially like I was surprised that they lost to uh, whoever they lost to in the upper bracket, just because of moments like that. I'm like, hmm, this should be better. And I hope it is for next tournament because I, I really, really think we would miss out if they didn't make it to the main event. Yeah. And I think they've got the talent to be able to make it through. I think they're kind yeah. of a lock, actually. I it it doesn't necessarily be. have to be through the upper bracket, but I just think this team has too much, um, not just talent, but experience of being able to play big brackets like this and go deep for them not to make top four in a big bracket like this the next time around. I'd be really surprised. Um, yeah, I yeah, absolutely they just, agree. They just have done it so many times getting through. I mean, it's essentially a tier two tournament at this with point. With consistency. They've done it with huge consistency. And even throughout this one bracket you saw, you could see the consistency true, on the individual level. Um, like, yeah, I, I think Pancakes has just been so good on so many different roles for the longest time now, pre-accrue. Um, and again, here on on Sova and playing Breach on this map. It was just mad consistent throughout the entirety of this run in this tournament for a crew. I, I, yeah, I just feel like they're an absolute block. All right, well. <laughs> Look at that shot. Gooch 107 putting some disrespect on TSM. Oh, he is going at it, isn't he? He's, Gucci. Yeah, well. Actually, it's Guck 107. <laughs> Come on. Um. Let's talk about TSM for a moment then. We've already discussed the drama element, they, but actually what was the team like? They made it right. Huh? They made it right. What do you mean they made it right? <laughs> like they made it, TSM made it through, right? <laughs> they they no, did it right. No, they didn't make wow. it. They got eliminated, but they have another chance. What do you think about them? Well, I, I felt all right about this team on paper looking at it. I was like, okay, Corey, Rossi, maybe this team can do something. I watched them. Oh my god, it's the same TSM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, when I when I first saw I'm it too, exhausted. I was like, "Ooh!" I was, you know, I was thinking, "Listen, new I, hopium just I dropped." Have, yeah, I I've just been writing essays and papers about TSM in my free time and just theorizing, like, but if they run the optimal comp, they can qualify this time. <laughs> they just need Wardell to play chamber. And I when I saw the chamber initially, I thought that I thought the idea, the comp was cool mm -hmm. and i was thinking to myself you know what this is it mm -hmm. with this comp Corey as the main duelist that's oh. a bad time to show that <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gonna do it right um but they, i mean they're cheating here so. yeah i mean david denise said op him yeah in the chat <laughs> 
Can't so Steel did. Yeah. Uh, I am exhausted of yeah. talking about TSM and watching TSM. Yeah. We haven't talked about them in a while. This I is know. some fresh mold. I know, and I'm still exhausted. The new mold juice just I mean, dropped. it's mainly just from watching them in the open quals because they play so individualistic at times that it's painful because I mean, all the time it's painful man like i i liked the roster like specific people playing specific things I, I think it makes sense for wardell to play chamber a lot for how he likes to play it because he's liking you know he likens to to his impact having uh, an op with the ultimate you know that makes a lot of sense but it's like wardell didn't really learn much from the other players playing chamber i saw very interesting ways in which chamber was being played on maps like split and other maps whereas wardell was playing it he was getting more passive value out of just playing uh only for the op it's like they were only thinking about the op in that capacity and, and that's my yeah, issue well, with tsm yeah. is that that's the way they think about the game in a lot of capacities it's quite one-dimensional it's individualistic at its core it's not the way the game is played in the mo in 2022 yeah. they were living it they they i really feel like the more i watch csm they don't know how to win in valorant the, the players don't understand what um what makes the winning teams win in valorant the way that they set up like the way they have their defensive setups are so so individualistic and don't make sense in terms of the players that are doing the aggressive things they have sabrosa playing mega aggro on his own as sky like he's a duelist in ranked and they have Wardell on Chamber, who could be taking first contact, either for info, to lock down a lane, to set up a trap play, whatever. They have him with TPs set up to rotate. He's, he's using his teleports to rotate from yeah. like B heaven to A heaven. And he plays passive positions where he's just like the guy that comes in at the end to try and help while someone else holds off a hit. It's, it's not... It, it doesn't make sense. That's what boggles me is you can just look at their setups and I'm questioning why the players and the coaches for this team don't understand why it's not working. You can look immediately at like, if they just theorized in the server, this is our setup, and then they took, take a look at any team that does well in these tournaments. I'm talking about like teams that go to Masters and stuff, the teams you really want to be learning from. If you contrasted what you're doing and what they're doing, surely you can see the glaring holes in what you're doing, right? And like some of the reasons why they're not working. But it's the same mistakes over and over and over again. It's not the same agents. It's not the same individual errors necessarily. But it's the same lack of this depth to a game plan and team play. It's the lack of a setup on attack or defense, where you're helping each other achieve goals. It just seems to be so absent from how TSM are playing, and it leads me to have no hope in the team, even though they have talent on their, on their roster. Yeah, oh, go off. <laughs> God that was pretty comprehensive. Damn. God yeah. damn. I mean, you kind of just... That's... I mean, you are simply correct. Do you... Is... Is there a chance of them making it through? No. In the, you don't think they're making it through? Ooh. No, I don't think they're making it through. I don't think so. I don't think so. Listen, I, I think that they were, um, they were always going to lose to a version one, a, an exit, a guard, an NRG, a, um, a, T, a T1 they were always going to lose to, and a crew they were always going to lose to. Um, I think they would also lose potentially to an LG. They did lose tonight. I know they beat LG, but I think there are oh, yeah, certainly LG worlds where they I lose forgot. to LG. Yeah. LG played pretty poorly, and so did TSM, but I, I just don't think it's happening, man. I, I, I feel like it's very unlikely. Certainly feels that way. Yeah. 
Would you, Bala, do you think they make it? Do you think they add that little bit of hopium juice? Do we see the TSM fans getting to see them just get walloped by all of the tier one rosters for five weeks? <laughs> Look, I, I don't, I, I think it's a possibility, to be honest. And that's not like a positive note on them at all. The fact that I say, oh, it's a possibility at all should be, should be bad. Uh, just because they still made it almost. They almost made it here, guys. Like they were two matches away. From potentially making it and yeah they got the the dq over over t1 uh when they ran into a crew it certainly looked like they shouldn't be anywhere close to that though um, so i'm wondering how they even got that far maybe the answer is just they they got lucky with the dq because maybe if they they did run into t1 and it also wasn't looking good they were getting stomped in certain situations um yeah. even on icebox like as they it was what eight four on that half yeah. Yes. The, the things that they do in some of these maps don't make any sense. The fracture. Why? Why the hell is Corey playing KO? Like, why did? They why is that guy not playing raise? Why did they play? They don't even know how to default correctly on that map, man. And that's like uh, necessary to play that map uh, in a way that you can condition your your opponents to stop doing what a crew was doing, which was push you every single freaking round. You know, I I'm just I'm confused. I'm confused a lot. Even on Icebox, Bordell on Jet. They're like, oh, this isn't it's, working. That was the only play. time they've run it as well. Let's it felt go like play Wardell Chamber again to fix a gap that we. Well, that's not the problem with your icebox, by the way. Your problem <laughs> is that you don't have a fucking sage wall, and you're not putting any. You're not putting any stock in the comp to actually counteract the problem of not having a sage wall. You're not taking a raise. You're not doing. Uh, dude, it's 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 frustrating. And when <sighs> I when I watch Corey on that map. I can tell that the there is no there's no thought on how to actually implement your players together. Because Corey and Corey's a new player, and certainly I didn't expect it to come fast, but I did not see him in a single setup with anybody on Icebox out of the two matches that I watched. A single time. He just played off angles. Yeah, that's how you play Reyna, but like come on, there was no no way to set him up yeah. in a crazy advanced position, no way to flank. Like he just had to play passive. Yeah, and sitting off angles, and that was it. Yeah, I mean the 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 advanced the most advanced their setup got was let's throw a recon dart to belt, Corey will go pipes, and Wardell will hold an angle, and that was it. And they just did that mm -hmm. like frequently, repeatedly. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm uh, playing double initiator. Yeah, on icebox, and that's it. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough. It's tough I out here for a TSM fan. I right? want them to make it through, right, boys? Because tough out here for TSM fans. Listen, if they make it through. Fucking viewership, bro. We're watching TSM get smacked for six weeks. Like, <laughs> TSM bro. Sentinels? It, Come it's on. Just, no, I'd love the them to make number it. number for the opening match of TSM on the Valorant Dude, show for the crazy. round of 128 was crazy. Like over 100,000 viewers for an open qual match. Like, that yeah. is, oh the viewership, if they make it through, viewership numbers would be mad and yeah. they're playing a group stage over multiple weeks. They're also, and I hate to put it like this. It I really, I hate to put it like this, but they're a funny team to watch. They're a funny yes. team to watch. They do they do bonkers shit that doesn't make any sense, and they also have the skill to be able to get themselves out of those situations sometimes. <laughs> and so it adds this layer of chaos and unpredictability where you're I mean, like you're yeah. like, what the fuck are they doing? They should be losing. Oh my god, they just hit everything. Yeah, you know, it's they fun. got the skill. The it's players, fun. Can you the players up, are good. <laughs> uh, Kurt, pull up the clip. Uh, these are the types of rounds TSM wins. This is exactly <laughs> the situation you're talking about on Fracture against the crew. <laughs> literally they take the site it's like this round is over <laughs> like because they didn't clear corners after they were surprised they're like what the fuck the site's free but yeah here it is 
they're walking in they're like hold up we could just contact in guys it's free we can contact in look at the mini map the viper <laughs> oh, oh yeah perfect calm they're just like yeah site's free we're good he's dead he stays alive forever yeah as the rotate comes in every player on a crew is finally here the wall comes down he tries to go for a plant and okay he's dead the round should be over but this happened <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god yeah uh, yeah seems about right yeah and, and it's just an ace for wardell yeah it's crazy i mean like where's the calm in that moment to be uh proactive with your breach utility to go and clear out the guy up top like i know it's a risk but you you gotta you gotta take it anyway uh yeah tsm man mm. they, you could fucking talk about them all day long we could have a whole podcast that's only tsm podcast and it would be more popular would, than this one it would it would actually get more viewers <laughs> Can we than this please one? do that <laughs> let's we just review their tweets all week go over their best stream goal like uh avas is free for that right like he's, uh, he's not busy it's gonna be a three-hour daily podcast every morning <laughs> all right last topic for today let's talk about t1 and phase just for a moment, because this was the first time we'd seen them, right? I mean, actually, T1 had played in um, in the tournament that you had been casting. They played against the guard. Yeah. But this was the first time we'd seen them in VCT. And, you know, it was them playing against a wider range of competition. Um, and also phase roster as well. That That's that's something that, I mean, people were somewhat excited about. It looked like nonsense on paper, but a fun <laughs> type of nonsense. And then they just went out like almost immediately. Um, if we start with FaZe, because I think that'll be quicker. Uh, what, what, what do you think of this team? They, they, they're kind of wild. I mean, shot up playing smokes, Dicey on flex, Baby Bay's jet. Then they've got Flyer Sova, Larry Banks on Sentinel. Still got JDM as the coach. What, what the hell is this team? They look like they need a lot more time. To like 2023 build, kind of <laughs> to build the cohesion <laughs> right. a little bit there were a lot of moments where it was like I, I you'd have like two players in a crossfire or like one guy kind of wants to swing but the other guy isn't really sure what's like ooh, is he gonna swing or do i like peek now and they'd be like mm, i don't know is someone <laughs> gonna use util dicey can you send a flash but they're like it never happened and everyone's just kind of like there were just these little moments from like I don't think these guys are communicating too well right now mm. and probably because they're a new team and those little things can be improved. Mm -hmm. um, there was a shot up, had some cool, he got some kills. He did. And he looked good still with the shooting. Yep. And uh, I don't know, they just, they just look like a team to me that needs more time. <laughs> <laughs> what? I feel like you know you know when magicians pull the rope out of their pocket and they're like da, 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 da. it felt like you were pulling the polite answers yeah. rope you're it like was, they need more time shot up looks okay is this the anti-flash round do we have that up where two players went anti-flash at the same time and they both died because neither of them were looking that was because that was that was in the next half yeah, I can't remember exactly which round it was. They, I think they planted. If you the, could find that clip, Bala, I'm. Sh I think it's on Reddit. Oh yeah, it's on. Reddit. Do me a favor. Do me a solid. But yeah, it's yeah. little things like that where I'm like, they're a new team. They need to work on the communication. They have two guys playing anti-flash dying. Yep. Like, we just need to get the team play ironed out a little bit. You know what I mean? And yeah. then that'll it'll help. Is there any hope of them making it through? Uh yeah. Hmm? Because well, we have to look I mean, at the, a lot of the other teams it. are already through. 
like theoretically the top teams that would be standing in their way in open qualifier one don't as much anymore yeah they also went out in the round of 16 though or something. who so, did they go out to knights maybe knights, pioneers yeah. somebody I, I like that can't remember. can't remember yeah i think um i think there's always a possibility of them being able to drag it back because what i did watch a phase i noted how like, there's no denying these guys can hit shots and they aim good. You know what I mean? But You're right. it's... Uh, unfortunately, the game of Valorant is a bit more than that. Mm. So... It's, yeah. Mm. Um, they also... Yeah. I'm I willing mean, to hold out hope, but not because... I mean... Oh, here we go. Yeah, this is it. This, 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 this cracked me up, man. Ooh, ooh Jonas Just, on Sky. They, yep. Here comes the him. flash, guys. <laughs> Oh no! Tragedy. Two of them playing anti-flash. Tra tragedy ensues. Two of them playing anti-flash, looking away. But that this is clear, like clear issues of chemistry. Whether or not it's because they've just recently started playing together and they don't have enough time. That's Question what I'm is, saying. is a week enough time? No, no. Well, <laughs> I don't think so. I, we no. do. I I don't know if we just cut it, but we do have to. We should look at the full bracket. I don't know if now I mean, the bracket or after we talk up. about this, or not the bracket, just like the teams again, and so we can just give our like. Who's uh, making it through the top? Four. I mean, who do you think? Like, look at the pre, look at the previous bracket of this week well, that just happened. Right, right. You know what I mean? For, um, for phase, like, I, I genuinely can see the problem. Like, it's Vi is just overheated. He's calling in a high pressure situation that he's never called in before, and he's playing with high profile players that clearly he's trying to control but can't yet because either they don't trust him or he doesn't trust himself or he's not making the calls that he needs to be, but it's just, it's that. I mean, you guys have said everything else, chemistry, whatever, but there's definitely IGL. And I'm not saying that Fly's a bad IGL at all. I actually think that a lot of the calls that they did make, especially on Haven in that opening game uh, against the guard, were fine. It's just that the follow-ups were never there because it's just not ironed out. That's it. It's just mm. not. Um, yeah, I mean, who, uh, what, what, who do won. you think is going to make it then? Out of the four. I mean, I think we've well, discussed we, Kurt, all the teams you, that are in contention, have we not? You were on the bracket, yeah. The open bracket, just look at like the lower bracket and the teams that almost made it, but were eliminated. Oh, bit of a scroll up. Where, where there we were go. just at. There we go. Yes, that. Um, yeah, th these are the teams that we want to look at as, as the teams that could make it Yeah, through. I mean, FaZe ended up going out to Pioneers right. in the round of, what the hell even is that round? But lower round two? Lower bracket round two? Yeah, lower bracket Oof. round two. So, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at teams like T1, Accrue. Um, Knights. Yeah, Knights, LG, Rise, obviously. Those are the kind of teams that LG I've got my attention on. surprisingly early. Yeah. Did they go out to TSM? Yes, they did. Yes. Yeah. That is and they, surprising. They looked bad in that game. But the reason I'm willing to give uh, LG the benefit of the doubt where I'm not willing to give TSM is that I've seen LG be decent before and have some idea of what they're up to. And so maybe they'll oscillate back in that direction. But it's very possible that neither of them make it through. And it's more like Rise, Accrue. What is it? Rise, Accrue. T1. T1 and Knights. Something like that. That yeah, would be I think there's like be a, my final, a final spot that's kind of flexible mm. to a bunch of these teams that might end up making it on a given day. Like, I think there might be three spots that are flexible. The only one I feel confident in are a crew. Mm. Yeah. I, I really think the other three are just if Rise don't up improve. in the air. Teams like, like Pioneers are real. They're right there too. 
they're right on the cusp. I didn't get to watch any of the Sonics games, but they were, at least on paper, they were doing better than they've done recently. Um, and they just had a recent roster move as well. So I, I, I can't speak to their skill, but they had a good run. Um, I think there's a, there's a decent amount of teams in the conversation. A crew feel like a lock, though. And I think I might put Knights up there, too, for me. Like a, a crew, Knights... I think T1 should be able to do it. I think so. And God, Gen G looked so limp as well, by the way, with Rhyme. Limp, I don't want to talk about it for too long, but no, they just I looked, <laughs> I mean, they just look limp, like a lettuce. Yeah, and I guess Rise, but I d it feels so up in the air because I genuinely think Pioneers could beat any of those teams, except for a crew. Mm. I could, I, it feels so up in the air. The two I feel confident in the most are a crew and Knights. Mm. It's going to be an interesting bracket. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the competition that makes it through to the group stage. I think it's going to be a good group stage. Uh, yeah. I think it's a cool idea. Like, sure, we're not... It doesn't have the most on the line. It's not like we're having a tournament every week, but it's going to scratch that itch of seeing everybody play against everybody. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, that brings us to the most important segment. Mm. And is it going to be drama-focused? Is it going to be, is it going to be skill-focused? Is it going to be for something else? Who knows? But whatever it is... It's picked by Wyatt. It's Wyatt's weekly award. This is so It's just... Oh, <laughs> goes on for way too long. I didn't think about it. <laughs> You're the, the most awkward human. I did think about the dr the drama. Like, who, who who had the best tweet this week? Uh -huh. Was it Sabrosa? Was it Rossi? Ooh, Rossi sent shots at Def's head, but they were. It was like some weird video where he was really close up to the camera talking, and it was just kind of awkward. And <laughs> that was a weird video. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see, see that. See, Brad knows yeah, what I was, was like. Uh, this is awkward, dude. Move the camera back like a foot, and <laughs> then talk some shit to Def. Uh, so I thought about that, but no. It has to go second time to MCE. I have to give it to MCE again. I just have to give it to him for the second time because this guard roster, the five players that they have assembled onto this team to make a roster that could get into the top eight of NA, make it through this first qualifier with that good of a showing with names that people in chat will be typing things such as who megalol Trent who megalol who megalol <laughs> you were who megalolling Trent I was who megalolling you were who, Trent. you were who megalolling and then he would hit a 1v2 spray transfer to clutch them into the to the finals or yep. to the group stage and so. now I am whomstative Trent what huh? <laughs> <laughs> I what? like the nod like, like you're confident that that made sense uh huh mm -hmm. yeah I, I don't know what that means but this is specifically for the, the excellent roster building that has taken place here. And also, um, just from what the players have said in their own interviews and about how he structured the team and how important he is to the practice and uh, the... Uh, shout out Nets mom. Shout out Nets mom. But also the, uh, the structure behind Valen that has made him be able to be a successful IGL this early into his career, mm -hmm. make it this deep into tournament. He has done so much behind the scenes and just the structuring of this roster is so good. Never did I think I would see Sia player 
like do just doing really well and yeah, in a position yeah, yeah. like this on a team of this caliber. I really didn't think that. Despite the times on T1 where he looked great, there was just so much of it where it was like how much of like how much of this is his own development of a player needing to go further? How much of this is him being on T1? It was tough at times to even see if he had that much potential, but sure. it's being further realized here. Just a very impressive job mm. and uh, worthy of, of the second award here, to be honest. Mm. You'd love to see some good ground-up, honest, grassroots, labored roster build and just trying people <laughs> out. Yeah. All right, we'll try out another Sova. Who's this yeah. guy, Trent? Yeah. Who is he? Never heard of him. And then, there you go. And then he's Qualified. North America's next hope. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure MCA will be very happy to receive the Wyatt Weekly Award for the second time. Um, he also got a tweet from Ye saying that he's good. So I think probably oh, yeah. he'll be happier about the second than the first. No, but, you know. Be... Does Ye have a trophy? Mm. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Wrong, no trophy to give. <laughs> I thought you were just roasting Ye for never having won a tournament there. I thought you no. were like, Ye doesn't have yeah. a trophy. I got, <laughs> I got six, he's got zero. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, well, with that, just roasting one of the best players in North America. Well, I guess Wyatt will send us home. Uh, check us out next week for episode 78. We'll be previewing the, the actual like uh, group stage that's happening that kicks off February 11th for EU and North America. So that'll be a lot to look forward to for the next episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we'll see you next week.